Welcome to Drunk Bowerant, episode number 89. Um, buckle up, there's some stuff to talk about. And uh, before we do that, Hunter, what you drinking? I am drinking the Myth Slayer by Neppin. Now, this one really stood out to me because I was thinking about playing Baldur's Gate 3. This was right before our first session chase with the homies. Okay. And I was like, Myth Slayer is, you know, that's perfect theming for Baldur's Gate 3. Um, so yeah, it is a delicious IPA. Um, it's the first like cryo IPA that I've had that I like, I guess. Cause like the, I don't even know how to describe the cryo flavor, but it's not like overpowering. Uh, it is. It, it, yeah. He was notes... really underwhelming this year. What was? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Cryo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. This has intense tropical fruit notes, citrus rind, dank juice box, and all the citra we could carry. And yeah, it's like subtle um you know citrus along with a really nice like underbelly a nice finish for sure kind of earthy almost so yes i i like it a lot very good double ipa under when's the last time you had a non-nepinth beer on pod i have been on a bit of a nepinth streak lately i'm trying to man i i have a terrible memory it's not like I've only had Nepenthe. No, I feel like yes. I feel like there was something that broke yeah. it up, but it, it's been majority Nepenthe for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But well, if they I mean, make good beers. They make good beers. What can yeah, you say? Yeah, same, I mean, like, a big maybe we part of get, it, like a sponsorship or something. Like. Yeah, I should I should <laughs> talk to them about a sponsorship because they seem kind of chill. Maybe they would you know mm-hmm. like it. But what I will say is that um, Nepenthe is kind of expensive or on the more expensive end for craft beers. So I will often go to Nepenthe and buy you know, a couple of four packs and then I will save, you know, half of each of those four packs for the pod. So like one trip to Nepenth will get me three podcasts worth of beers because I won't drink them during the week. Um, mm. So it's, it, it seems like I go to Nepenth more than I do. It's just that it's kind of, you know, a special occasion drink for me. I have some uh, uh, high noons in the fridge that I have been drinking during the week. And, you know, those, are, those I don't talk about on pod. Mm-hmm. Also, oh, that makes one of us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like here. this wasn't intended to be a, a <laughs> shade on anyone in particular. Yeah. Um, Trey, so are those all my discs behind you on the shelf? Yes, yes, they are. Okay, cool. Because I was looking for those when Tony and I went, and I went to go play the other day. I'm Did like, you mm. accidentally take them? No, no, no. He no. he was just in D.C. when I was oh, moving out, oh, I so I couldn't give them to him. Yeah. I was like, hmm, I wonder if Trace just has all my extra discs. Yeah, I do. Which, like, wasn't a big deal. I just gave Tony some stuff out of my bag, and it worked out fine. Um, All right. Well, Chase, what are you drinking? Uh, Well, I'm drinking a Thunder Lizard by Torchlight Brewing. It is a strawberry vanilla sour. And I picked this beer twofold. Um, Actually, threefold. One, because Thunder Lizard, fucking great name. Yeah. And um, the I have to read you the description. Long ago, dinosaurs roamed the earth, masters of their domain. Now Torchlight Brewing has captured the raw and majestic power of these monstrous beasts and infused it into a beer. Mm. Um, Two, because I've had really boring beers on the podcast recently. Um, So I finally have a local Nelson, B.C. brewery, Mm. Torchlight. Beautiful. Um, So I was excited to try one of their beers. And three... Because the can is very reminiscent of uh, what we were calling East Coast cans. Oh, yeah, yeah. Very um, over-the-top versus subtle. Very over-the-top graphics. Yeah. Uh, it is a, a lizard coming out of the ocean with, like, lightning coming out of its head. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so yeah, very over the top. Not really what you see from like West Coast breweries. So uh, yeah, that that seems like that a bit was, of a missed uh, opportunity. I feel like Lightning Lizard is an even cooler name. Yeah, I don't know. Thunder Lizard is like kind of hits too, though. Yeah, yeah I feel like yeah. like I, I feel like Thunder is just like it, it's like a stronger word. Like lightning doesn't uh, like hit the same uh, way. Uh, <laughs> <a> thunder. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking. Like, I was thinking a uh, like, different slant. Hits. Yeah, I was gonna say, how did you know it's such a cool word? How did uh, Imagine Dragons make such a shitty song yeah. <laughs> about it? <laughs> um, that was a free. Anyway, um, yeah. strawberry vanilla sour. Uh, too much vanilla for me. Mm. So unfortunately, like, mm. like does not hit for me. Yo, um, run that by my house real quick, Chase. I'm, I'm yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it just makes it a little bit too creamy for my my sour tastes. I like mm-hmm. the the kick instead of the cream. Mm-hmm. But well, you know, what? go go grab another one, put it in your fridge, and I'll be out there to drink it at some point. Well, you know, I it is a limited run, so you better yeah. get it over here quick. Um, well, that's what I'm saying. Grab one and put it in your fridge. Yeah. Okay. Wouldn't it be better for him good. to not put it in his fridge so it's not tempting and cold, ready for him to drink? If he took it out of the fridge, no, but I don't really like it, so yeah, <laughs> I probably okay, won't okay. drink it. That, now that's a that's a strong probably because sometimes you run out of other beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I actually have a somewhat similar beer here. I've got a uh, limited edition double scoop, uh, which is a collab between Fieldhouse and Banter. Um, Banter being an ice cream place not a brewery oh that's cool so it's like one of their like flavors or something yeah so it's a strawberry elderflower sour um i've had a couple of the um fieldhouse x banter ice cream beers before not sure i feel like i've had them on pod but i can't say 100 percent um also i found out literally just now that banter is an ice cream place by actually reading the can i assumed they were just another brewery uh, but yeah, they've been doing a bunch of these, um, like ice creamy kind of flavored sours. This one is quite good. Uh, yeah, the, the Trace will know who I'm talking about, but the, uh, the girl at the liquor store with like the colorful hair. Okay. Um, no, do you not know who that is? No, no, of course yeah, I do. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. At any rate, like uh, when I walked up to the register, uh, there was this like other woman who was like trying to check me out and was like fumbling around trying to get my number right to like punch in for my account or whatever. She was trying to uh, check you was... out and was fumbling around with your number. <laughs> so yeah. There's an alternate storyline. Yeah. Going on. <laughs> Hold on. Oh, oh no, 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 that is what happened. They also yeah. checked him out at the store, but this is yeah, yeah, separate yeah. and yeah. got his number. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, no, the girl with the covered hair just says, "I hear, I got this." Just like punches in my account and then was looking at the beers I got and was just like, "Ooh," she's like. I've been loving that one recently. Uh, and, like, it it does do a really good job of hitting the um, strawberry ice cream flavor. Which, like... That's good. I'm I do like strawberry of. ice cream. Yeah, no, they kind of, like... Like, the, the elderflower is quite subtle, I would say. But like, they, they did a pretty good job of nailing the, um, the strawberry ice cream. I like the collabs between breweries and not breweries. I know, like, yeah. places do it a lot with, like, their darker beers, like their stouts because they can do like a coffee stout mm. right so like they often uh collab with like a roaster interesting yep. yeah um or like a chocolatier or whatever yeah something or something like those. that yeah 
like that's that's really cool to me so i like that it's uh they're doing it with a beer that i might actually enjoy yeah well yeah i used to i used to really like dark ales and it's been a while since i've given one a uh a good old college try oh so this one is dark, dark matter like Dark Matter is the only thing I've ever slightly enjoyed, and it's because it was on special at uh, Elwood's. So you, you got to drink what's on special. I actually don't like the Dark Matter all that much. Um, it's too... To me, it tastes like watered down, which is like... It's the same thing where I don't like Guinness in the States. Because Guinness actually yeah. has to pay by alcohol percentage to import. Um, whereas like Guinness in the UK, I actually really enjoy. Um, but... I have, like it's been a long time since I've given like a, a stout or a porter like a a fair chance. Yeah, it's, it's funny that you say that because that's just feet. reminding me that there is a stout that's been in my fridge for like two months or maybe three. Um, it's I just haven't thought to have it on pod yet. It's been saved for pod, but maybe mm. I'll have to break that out next week. I assure you, if I had a beer in my fridge for two months. I would not have a beer in my fridge for two months. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't even hate this one. It's not my favorite, but uh, I do like it. So. Yeah, like like I was saying, you know, I I save my beers. Uh, yeah, I've got, uh, I've managed to save a few of those um, those heavy fruits still. Nice. I have I one. I, I, I had one. Three. I haven't drank it in like a <laughs> couple of weeks, so hopefully it's still good. Yeah, you're talking anyway, about the, Valorant. There's yeah, so yeah. much fucking Valorant to mm-hmm. talk about. There is, there is. Do we want to start with uh, recapping the end of Champions? Can I just say that nearest airport didn't go home? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I will say we need, to, we need to, you know, offer a official correction here. Um, one of us, you know, I'm not going to name any names. It just wasn't me, wasn't Chase. Um, said that Fanatic's name was all over the trophy. That person meant to say Fanatic's name was all over the plane home. It was a, it was a clear <laughs> verbal mis, mis, you know, misstep, and you know, we need to address that. So we need to acknowledge and accept that he made a mistake. Yes, yes. Now, also, we need to acknowledge the fact that I am wearing the Valorant Champions, um, whatever you call this piece of clothing. This is going to be great for shirt. all the listeners. Yeah, 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 so. but yeah, it is super comfortable. And then I also have the Valorant Champions hoodie. It's very subtle. In that the one's front. dope. I like that one yeah. a lot. Yeah. I like the subtlety of it. I'll send the pics back in the chat. So not subtle. Back is not subtle. No, but uh, I think the, yeah, back, but the back is, is subtle. Okay. Not like, yeah, you like. I think the back is like. It's not like you. Got, you got to know what that trophy yeah, is. Yeah, you don't. You yeah. don't look at this and say, "Oh, this is a video game." You know, you look at this mm-hmm. and say, "Hmm, that's interesting." What is that? Maybe an yeah. album cover kind of deal. I don't know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the. Uh, I, I I do think it's a bit of a shame that um. Fanatic went out despite losing. Oh no! Price. You're doubling down. No, no, no! It's not so much that I'm doubling down. It's just like Loud clearly had their number, um, and I would have liked to see some other matchups. But like that's how the tournament goes. Like you're in the losers bracket, you got to face who you come up against. Yeah, it but... happened to be Loud. Like that's just what it is. I'm not like I'm not like complaining about it in any way. I just like I would have liked to see whoever won the tournament take down Fanatic. No, no, I don't see what you're saying. Because here's the thing. I get I get the idea of like, oh, a certain team had like a bad matchup for them. But I feel like Loud has always been just a very fundamentally solid team with like no real weak links. Like if Fnatic had been knocked out by PRX, then I could see what you're saying. Like they played PRX twice because it's like they have an incredibly unique style. 
and they, you know, they might have matched up much better against other people. But I honestly think that Fnatic just underwhelmed, and Loud did a good job against them. I, I don't think Fnatic would have done a lot better if they had faced EG or PRX instead. No, well, I'm not. I, I think that I agree with Cass because what it would have been a more fitting passing of the torch, um, mm. because Fnatic, you know, has won the last two international events and was the odds-on favorite coming into the event. Uh, and still looked very good. You know, it would have been nice to be like, oh, they made it to grand finals and then somebody upset them to win. Like that would have just been a better storyline than them kind of, you know, flopping out, losing two games to the same team that didn't even make it to grand finals. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I just, like zero team region. So uh, I'm, mm. I'm very down for Fnatic to go. Home I, don't know. I, I, I just like, I, I would have liked to see whoever won the tournament having beat Fnatic. Yeah, actually, that's viewed as like the best team. I, I get that. I get month. that. that... Like, it, it, like, Chase Chase is the only one who will get this reference, but it's kind of like winning the world tour when Marcus Eder isn't on it. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a skiing reference. Got yeah, it, but got it. When, when, the, when the best of all time is on it, then, you know, it means something more to win. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Um, when, like, but actually, that ties into what I was going to say, which is that I got into a heated uh, Reddit argument with some people about this. In your opinion, is when you look back at a year of professional Valorant, how do you determine the best team? Is it... Oh, I, I think Fnatic is still the best team. I think EG has a very strong case. Yeah. But Fnatic won, won the lock-in, was undefeated in the regular split, lost one series to Liquid when half their team had COVID, won Tokyo, and didn't play badly at Champions. It's not like they floundered out. Like, I, I, I still think the team of the year goes to Fnatic. But... Yeah, can we do a uh, DVP top five? Like, this is very plat chatty. But, like, <laughs> let's let's do it. A DVP top, top five of 2023. Of teams or players? No, uh, teams. Oh, oh I mean, okay. I think okay. it goes, I think it goes Fnatic, EG, PRX, maybe Loud, and then fifth, I got no fucking clue. I mean, I think you have to put, like, my debate, I, I agree with Fnatic at number one, um, because they won both Masters. Um, the debate, I think, comes between, like, PRX and, uh, and eg but eg made two grand finals and one champion so i think you give yeah. it to him yeah like, I, I personally i took the opposite uh stance of what you're saying cast that i think that generally if a team wins the champion wins champions without there being some sort of extenuate extenuating circumstances then that that is the best team of the year because essentially you know you have your your regional uh playoffs that you know get you into the internationals and then the internationals are essentially even though they're tournaments in and of themselves they're essentially the regular international season leading up to champions like champions is the event and like if there was a situation where you know Fnatic had a bunch of people lost due to covid like Fnatic was great and then they had some reason why they weren't at full strength for champs then i would totally see say okay, okay well that doesn't really count well hold on what, what about that year where um Ascend the Patriots one? no the Patriots went undefeated through the entire regular season were like 16 and up yeah and then lost in the Super Bowl 
Yeah, I mean they the were Gi- the best team that year. If if you fail in the Super Bowl, you don't get you don't get the best team label. The Super Bowl. Wins I think you, you do. I team. I don't think it no. does, and I don't think champions wins you best team either. It's specifically this year because, like, to me, champions doesn't have enough of a differentiation as a tournament from any other Masters event. Um, like, obviously, that's what everybody's building to, but they yeah. all kind of play out the exact same, and they all seem to a viewer like they have the same stakes. They don't technically, but right? Like, right. they pretty much do. Um, and it's all the same teams that are competing for victories and stuff throughout the year. Like, just because it's the most recent and it's, like, technically the biggest, I don't think makes it, like, this is the best team of the year if you want it. It's still a single tournament. Yeah, it it is a single tournament, but, like, you know, rosters change in between years. And so, like, and, you know, the meta changes as well. So, like, there's something to be said for if you don't do so well at, you know, the first tournaments of the year but come along as the tournament goes on versus someone who starts hotter and then falls off. Like, I think the first, you know, the first of those is much more impressive that I think being able to get better against the same competition as the year goes on and, you know, get to that, you know, highest point. I think that shows that you've mastered the current game in a way that the other teams have not, even if they were okay, doing well, better. Here, here's, here's a, here's a, uh, I don't know, a, a thing. Would you say that over 2023, Brew was a better team than Cloud9? Over 2023, like, no, if, you, if you're specifically saying on average through the year. Well, well that's, that's what exactly that's what we're exact asking. Argument. It's the same argument. Well, no, also, if, if you, you say best, best team, team of, 2023, of 2023, that's not saying who was, at, you know, on average the best. It's who was the single most impressive, the but team was, of 2023, was which crew is EG. better than Cloud9 this year? Yes, because at the end, when it counted most, Cloud9 faltered and Crew beat them out. Because, I mean, because literally Cloud9 only has the regular season. They went 0 and fucking 11 or whatever. Yeah, but but Cloud9 (laughs) didn't do shit after the regular season. Oh, you mean to tell me the 0 and 9 team is going to go back to (laughs) Yeah, like to go back to the the football analogy, if you have a team that gets in uh, despite looking like they weren't for most of the year and wins one wild card game, and then bombs out versus a team that had a stellar record, like absolutely great. They get a first round bye, and then they lose that game. Like the wild card team is more impressive. No, like, no, it's, it's just a... one fucking game. It's one fucking game. It's one game. Like you can be the better team, and you can just have a bad day. Yeah, well, and I get what you're saying. Team. We just have different perspectives, and we'll, I think we should move on because there's plenty of other cool stuff to talk about. Um, so, top well, five to finish up with that. So, you guys are putting Fnatic at one, or at least we're putting Fnatic at one Fnatic, and an EG two, PRX, PRX, loud, loud, hundred percent loud. Yeah, I'm looking at the the list. I kind of want to put uh, EDG just because I was, they I was really about to they could throw out EDG. There EDG too. is also yeah. like I, I I'm a big fan of EDG. So yeah, I'm, you're not going to get any arguments from me in that. Also, they lost to what? What was it? They lost to PRX and Loud. Uh, yes, that is correct. PRX and Loud. Yeah, like I'm fine putting EDG there. They're, yeah. they're a good team. Yeah, and also their their series against Loud was fucking close. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, when EDG started competing, like you know, at, at Lock In and stuff, or I guess, I guess they might have been at Champs last year. They were right. I think they were. I think, so, I think they were. Yeah, yeah they were chips last year. Like, they they had a really tough group, right? 
And they had some, like, they had a somewhat impressive showing, but, like, they didn't make it out of groups because, well, they had, I think it was Loud and fucking NRG, or Optic, yeah. I mean. I think it was Optic at the time, yeah. They had Loud and Optic in their group, and it's just like, well, what the fuck are you gonna do? Yeah, yeah, I will say, where I was going, first of all, good points, um, what I was leading up to was that um, they, when they came in, everyone was like, oh, this is the team with this incredible opper, uh, Kang Kang, and he has lived up to the hype and then some like, my God, is he a great opera? However, I think what's really impressive is just how the rest of their team really can pop off as well. Like Chichu, nobody and smoggy all have like huge highlight moments. And then I'd say Haodong is more like the glue player. Like, I feel like I never really see his name get called, but clearly his utility usage is at least somewhat. Okay. Cause we, you know, people will be talking about him for a different reason otherwise, but like he has a, is he not a too. He might be, he might be, but basically Kang Kang is a very strong supporting cast there mm-hmm. and they're, they're punching above their weight for sure. Yeah, yeah I agree. I'm fine with putting really him at this tournament. What'd you say? Nobody looked really good this tournament. <laughs> well, it was funny because he, he alternated between throwing and popping off with like the most stupid aggressive sky playing you will ever see. But he had, when he was popping off, he had some absurd stuff going on and he was absolutely, uh, you know, a blast to watch. Um, so yeah, I, I like nobody a lot. Also, just minor stat line here. Demon one had a 40% headshot rate. Demon one is fucking nuts. Yeah. That's, that's impressive since he ops as well, which, you know, brings that down. Yeah. And he, like he himself has said that like, he's like, he doesn't like the op. He just uses it because it's good. Yeah. When he's playing jet slash chamber. Um, but yeah, motherfucker had a 40% headshot rate. That is absurd. That's disgusting. Not even that surprising, yeah. given how well he played, but very... Yeah. No, he, uh, he's disgusting. He, um, he broke pretty much... No, he won every category, but like, tracker tracks. Yeah. For, like, player performance. Like, he won oh, every wow. single one. Um, Just like, holy fuck, his performance was insane. And this is a bit of a uh, teaser for what's to come in this episode, but um, given the big nerfs coming to Jet, I think Demon 1 is really not going to be impacted because he showed he can continue to frag out on roles that aren't even duelist roles. So, like, while there are several players who are known for their Jet play who are going to be struggling a bit, I don't think it's going to, you know, bother him in the in the least. No, Demon 1's flexibility just adds so much more, too. You mm-hmm. see him on, the, like, the fucking Astra on right. Lotus? Yeah. yeah. And you're like, what? Are, like, Demon <laughs> 1 is on Astra? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what the fuck are they cooking here? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But, yeah. All right, Hunter, you want to take us into these patch notes? Because they're, they're long, they're extensive. Yes. Long yes. story short, fucking everybody got nerfed. Uh, except for Gecko. Not everybody, Gecko. Gecko got a buff. Everybody yes. else got nerfed. So this is basically their... Riot has done this in the past, where after Champions, they do a, some big change or big changes after keeping things relatively minor throughout the season. Um, and oh boy, is this a big patch. I have lots of thoughts, but I'm going to save them for after we go through the minutia. So, um, knowing that this would be a controversial patch, they open up uh, trying to justify their decisions a little bit. Essentially, they say that they want to increase the clarity of what's happening on the battlefield, that there's less spam of huge abilities, notably ultimates, that just make it impossible to tell what's going on. 
putting it in, you know, the way that's nicest to them. I might disagree with their goals there, but uh, yeah. So there's some more stuff on that, but we're just going to dive right into it. So first, Breach. Uh, Aftershock, uh, ticks reduced from three to two, and damage increased from 60 to 80. So essentially you have less time of denying uh, the space with it, but more it still you know, kills. lethality. Yeah. So like spe- specifically for pre- preventing someone from diffusing, the ability is now less good because it's, you know, lasts for less time. Mm-hmm. But for some sort of a trap play where you're Astra sucking someone into it, then it's way better because now you can kill with two hits. I think in general, it got better. However, for denying spike defuse, it got worse. Yeah, I think this is more yeah. of a change. Yeah. It, like, I guess it, it technically got better because there are a lot of times where you like 120 someone with Aftershock. Um, and also just thinking, like, if you get called out and you try to bunny hop out, like, there's a good chance you're taking one hit. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's well, one hit hits harder now. Yeah. Yeah, it hits harder. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, like, it's often used as delay utility, whether that's on like spike plant or just like onto site and the fact that that now lasts less time um you just decreases that delay so i think that is it's there are positives and negatives and it's i would say overall it's a change it's not neither a nerf nor a buff yeah i'm gonna go with slight nerf just because i think that the big reason why they changed it is because there are so many spike plants on so many maps that it's very easy to safely aftershock to prevent the defuse and I, I think that losing a little bit of time there is pretty significant, but you know, it, it, I agree that it's, there's some benefits. Um, and then rolling thunder ultimate points increased from eight to nine. We have our first, but not only more to come, uh, nine point ultimate. Um, interesting. Jesus Christ. Ults are getting expensive. Yeah. I'm yes. just going to like, I'm just going to throw this out now. So I don't have to like say it later as we go through the alt point things, but like, yeah, I, I, I don't like this change in the context of like, okay, before I get there to play devil's advocate to my own point, I see where riot is coming from <laughs> and that they want to, uh, they want to make it slightly, they want to space out alts a little bit more so that a team who is rolling another team can't just, bank on using alts to win key rounds to keep steamrolling the other team. Okay, it makes it harder to chain these alts together. It's not like, okay, well, we're going to Viper alt this round, and that's going to win us this round, and then, like, we're going to breach Aftershock, or breach alt, like, site to get free plant the next round, and then that'll hopefully win us that one, and then we've also got a KJ alt. Like, it, it's like, I, I get where they're going in that they want them to be harder to reach, so that, like, you can't just steamroll a team by getting your alts up and just spacing your alts out to just, uh, like, win win rounds. However, nine points is fucking ridiculous, and, like, alts are fun. Like, yeah. I play the game because it's fun, or at least usually it is, <laughs> and I want to have fun yeah. playing the game. Alts are cool regardless of whether you get any use out of it, right? Like, there's tons of times where, like, you pop rain alt and just get one tapped. Like, Reynal yeah. doesn't make you any any harder, or, like, it doesn't make it any harder for them to one-tap you. Like, yeah, you, you, can, you can just die. Like, but, like, when people, like, people play Raze because they want to double-blast back in and ult people. Like, it's, it's fun. 
Like, I, I, I don't necessarily like that they're taking away from the fun aspects of the game to just make it be more gunplay-centered. So, like, I understand the reason for going that way, but, like, just, like I'd play CS if I wanted that. Yeah, I, I fully agree, first of all. And I even wanted to disagree with your devil's advocate point of, well, you know, now the winning team can't chain ults because while that might be true i think this kind of a change has a massive impact on if you know your team is doing badly you in particular are not doing very well if it's a nine point ult there's a good chance that uh allows you to only get one ult off in the half versus two because there are 12 rounds in the half and you know so before you would need 16 ult points to get to you know your second ult and if you're having a really bad game, uh, or, you know, maybe you're doing okay, but you're just not getting much for kills, then, you know, getting to that 16 number might not be, you know, might be much more likely than the 18. So you, you might have, you know, you might be getting steamrolled and not only do you have to deal with the fact that, you know, the numbers on the scoreboard aren't looking so good, but now you only got your ult once in the half. And that's especially true if you end up holding on to it for like more than a round. You don't just burn it immediately when you're able to. So like, I think it works the other way as well of harming the team that's doing poorly. Like, like a, a little bit, but the way that I see it is like when you're the winning team or when you're the team that's up in rounds, there are a couple like very crucial rounds in which like it's like okay, they just got the money to full buy this round. Right. They're, they're not going to be able to buy in next. We've got a bank. Right? Like we're able to afford to buy in multiple rounds here, but like any amount of damage we do this round to them is going to be so detrimental to them going forward. Oh, yeah. So, like, that's a really key, crucial round to win. And being the team who is, you know, doing better, you're more likely to just be able to get these alts online to chain them together in those really important rounds. Um, yeah. I mean, like, I think Hunter's like, side is that as the, like, losing team, you are less likely to have those alts online to help you win that crucial round. Right, right. Like, I get that the team that's winning is going to, in general, be alting more. And so from a numer numerical perspective, it's probably more likely to affect them. But just like, you know, I'm sure you've all seen it where, you're, you know, your team isn't doing so well in a half. And then you hit some, a great alt combo on the second to last round. And that, you know, gets you those last two rounds. And now all of a sudden it's a winnable game. And like, that might happen a lot less now. But I, I think from the from the losing team's perspective is like it's still you can still kinda like like from the losing team's perspective, it almost makes more sense to like bank those alts until you can chain like a couple really strong ones together, right? Whereas like the winning team doesn't really want to in or necessarily want to invest a couple really strong alts into one round if they can avoid it now the if you're trading like two alts for two alts right like and you're going to win the round as a winning team i think that's like very reasonable to do but it's like you don't want to necessarily just be like wasting multiple alts on when they're on an eco or like oh do we want to use like two to maybe even three alts on this one round to get the eco advantage next round like is that worthwhile Whereas I think for the losing team, that's less of a consideration almost. It's like, well, we're better off saving up here to get this one important round for us so that we can chain together multiple buys in a row 
and then hopefully then be able to break the winning team's economy. Um, I just feel like from the winning side, you'd love to just be able to invest one all. Yeah, I, I get where you're coming from there. And, you know, the more, you, the more you're talking about it, the more I'm, you know, tending to agree that it impacts the winning side more. I guess I'm just focused on the fact that, you know, when you're losing and you use a key alt to turn around, to turn a round in your favor, uh, that feels really good. And being able to do that less is going to suck. So like, I, I'm coming around to your position. I'm just kind of looking at it from, you know, it's going to be, I'm going to be pissed if like, I'm one alt point away from one of these ults. And I'm just like, damn it, <laughs> right? Like in the well, last round like, of the game, the, the half. Yeah. It, it, like the, the alt points going up by one was a massive thing for me back when, um, when Chamber got his first nerf. And they increased yeah. the number of points it took to get your your um your tour de force to eight. And right. yeah, back when they I don't remember what it is. It might be seven. I don't. Um, it might be eight now. Yeah. But like, and when they did the same thing to Jet, right? There were a ton of times that I noticed it's like, oh, well, this is the round that I needed on because but you're this one is the away round now. That we can't buy. But now I'm well. It's less of, oh, I'm one away. It's, I'm two away. Yeah, you can't just farm more. I can't, to get I can't that. just yeah. farm an orb. Like, I can't just ask somebody, hey, do you mind, like, smoking this angle off for me? And, like, helping me fight for this orb so I can get my alt online. It's like, oh, well, like, I need to get this orb and then also get a kill to be able to bring my alt out here. Um, and then, well, if I can get that kill in the first place, maybe I can just go recover that rifle and then, like, I don't want to invest the alt here anyway. So... Like, I, I definitely noticed that one alt point increase, like, quite significantly. It, it is eight, by the way. I checked. It went from okay. seven at launch to eight, which it is now. Okay. Uh, and then, yeah, like, it's just, like, you you actually notice that one alt point more than you might think mm -hmm. if you're not actively farming orbs, which is... Ironically, I do this on Cypher all the time, who has not the most impactful alt. Yeah, because it'll often be like, oh well, I'm playing A. I get the con that they're all going B. It's yeah, like, oh, go well, get the okay, orb. I might, as, I might as well go fucking take the orb. I'm the only one here at this point. Um, I mean, yeah. while while we're on the subject, something I was talking about with Blate um, in voice chat the other day while we were watching one of the pro games, um, I was, you know, complaining about you know somebody's comment that said like you know this is reducing power creep just in general, you know, like this is combating power creep, and I was like, where the right. fuck is the creep coming from? Right, like they've only yeah. released not great agents recently. Like, right. there's no yeah. fucking power creep going on, other mm. than people getting better at the game. Um, but a, a good point that he brought up, uh, or that we kind of like, I brought up, but then he, you know, called me out on, was uh, they've been releasing more maps with more than two ult orbs. That is true. Now you have fracture in the game, not anymore. But you also have Lotus now, which is a three-site map with three orbs. Yeah. Whereas Haven was a three-site map with two orbs. Is um, Haven is still in the game, thankfully. <laughs> yes, Haven yeah. still is in the game, thank God. But, you know, now they're, they're getting rid of Fracture, so that, that takes that down a little bit. You have no more four-orb map. Um, as, as far as we know, we don't really know what's going on in... Uh, what what sunset? No, I've I've watched some uh inside like insider access uh streams today. It definitely has two orbs. It's a two orb map. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's a, yeah, it's I didn't know if it was big. gonna be a three site map or something. Who knows? Nope. But nope. it's two site. You know, you know, yeah. who knows? Uh, 
but yeah, so they were saying that that is a little bit of power creep as in uh, how many ults you're seeing in a game because um, in the current act, two of the maps had, you know, more than two orbs. So, but that also only more affects those farm. maps, though. Like, it seems it weird does only to affect, affect the gameplay on the other maps, which hasn't changed. Just because... But also, like, two of how often cool. do... Like, yeah. obviously, like, if that's your strategy and that's what you're going for... But, like, there's so many rounds when neither old orb gets taken. I mean, I was watching a Wuhujin video who was doing, like, a, uh, you know, pro analysis, I believe, on Asuna the other day. Mm-hmm. And Asuna was playing... Uh, phoenix on fracture and he would farm as many fucking orbs as possible oh, yeah, of course. yeah like like every round he was getting three orbs wow yeah like it it, it makes sense when you're phoenix to go around farming as many old orbs as you can um he's well phoenix and safer are the last two bastions of the uh six alt yeah six orb alt um the ciphers isn't necessarily worth farming. Cyphers alt is nice, and after after it got buffed to having two pings, like I think it's actually like a decent alt. Yeah, it's um, decent. yeah, it's quite useful in game. But yeah. it's it's not it's no phoenix alt. Right, right. Phoenix alt yeah, is phoenix one of the best alts fucking, in the game. Yeah, phoenix alt is fucking insane. Like part of what makes phoenix phoenix alt so good is that it's fucking six alt orbs. Like it is relatively yeah. farmable, and as phoenix, you are presumably getting kills. And dying. Yeah. As Cypher, you are maybe not doing either of those as much. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And so, like, it, like, yeah, Phoenix is, like, one of the last remaining agents that I think it's just like, ah, oh, yeah, we want to, like, be actively farming orbs for this character. Um, And yeah. then the other ones are like, well, if we can get Viper and Altar, that's nice. If we can get Brim and Altorb or get, like, KJ and Altorb, like, that, that's great and all. But, like, again, there's so many rounds in which, like, both Altorbs are still available when Spike goes down. Or, like, maybe even just one of them, right? And, like, on Fracture in particular, it's like, you know, like, is it worth... When the other team is... When you get the comm that the other team is hitting site, right? It's like, okay, like, they're exacting, like, they're getting onto site. Is it worth the time to go pick up that Altorb or not? I'm a greedy motherfucker, so I go do that. Yeah. I was going to say maybe not as Cypher, but... <laughs> yeah, but, like, it, it, would it be What value ready? are you going to be on the retake anyway? You got an op, so... <laughs> yeah. Um, watch well, your ult might be kind of nice for retake, but, like... E- either way, Where regardless of whether I get my ult or not, it's just like, ah, oh, like, uh, yeah, again, I'm a greedy motherfucker, so I'm going to go take that ult or... But... Yeah. Is there a good chance that you're way better off just hitting a fast flank or just rotating over to help your team? Probably. Like, the Altarb is nice, but, like, like you're, you're most likely better off just leaving to go help your team that 10 seconds faster. Yeah, I suppose. I wanted to come back to something you said earlier in that about if you're not Phoenix, you don't necessarily farm alt orbs as much. And thinking you know me playing killjoy and viper both characters who have very impactful ults uh i definitely still think about farming it but just not so much when i have like one or two alt orbs i start to think about it when i have like three remaining because it gets it's where it's like well if i get one alt orb now and then i plant then i can either you know get an additional kill and then use it to secure the round or now i can grab the alt orb next round and then alt 
So like at the what, at the point when I'm like three away is when I start definitely trying to actively farm. Um, also, can I just argue a little bit against you? Your statement of you play Viper. Well, I play Breeze Viper hasn't Reese. been in. Like yeah, not, yeah, not recently. In the map yeah, I haven't Breeze played Viper in, in like months. Before. But like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you, I was, you play Viper on one map. He's played Viper more than both of us. Yeah, I, I, I could look it up. I don't <laughs> oh, have an oh. insignificant amount of time on Viper. I also used to play her on other maps back in the day. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, dude. I have thirty-seven hours on Viper. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what you're trying to do here, buddy. <laughs> um, anyway, um, yeah. So where were we? Uh, do we want to go to the next thing, or is there anything more to say? Yeah, I think yeah. we're still on breach. Yeah, we're still on <laughs> yeah. breach. Okay, so in summary. What uh quick opinion uh DVP certified changes or no? I would say yes for the aftershock, no for the alt increase. I'm just gonna go flat no. I'd rather yeah, have I'm the delay. No. Okay. And I I want my one less orb, even though I've stopped playing breach now. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I don't I don't give a like I don't give a flying fuck about the aftershock change. Uh, I I might die to it a few more times because that's what I was saying. It is. Just, it's more likely that you just take one hit, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, it's yeah. coming in. I'm like, uh, I'm a little preoccupied or like I'm very tucked in this corner. Like, I got to take a hit as I'm leaving. In the um, process of your UTPing out. Yeah. You're going to get hit. Yeah, by it's just like, away. right. It's like, oh, like, uh, like that's going to do a bit more damage now. And if I was already tagged up, like maybe I'll die a few more times to it. But like, ah, just in general, like I, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. All right. Next change is for Brimstone. Orbital Strike uh, Ultimate. Ultimate points increase 7 to 8. This is the only change for Brim. And I'm going to come out and say that as much as I enjoy playing Brim, which I very much do enjoy playing Brim, um, I don't have an issue with this one because it's bringing it up to the the level of what top-tier ults were previously and, and one under what the current top-tier level is with the 9. And his ult is really, really good and also difficult to counterplay against in certain scenarios. Um, so personally, I have, I have no issue with this change. Does it suck a little bit for me playing Brim? Yes. But is it fair? I, I think it's an 8.0. Now here's where your argument falls to pieces, which is that we oh. were just talking about Phoenix who has one of the best ults in the game, but we're saying that the amount of ult points that it costs being six makes it so good. Yeah. And makes Phoenix as a character significantly better. Sure. Right. So increasing the points on on Brim just makes Brim as a character worse, because sure. one of the best parts of his kit is the fucking ult, right? Like, I, I, I mean, mean, he has smokes of... that last longer. Oh, that yeah, that okay. is the main uh, part of the kit yeah. that people like. He has smokes that last longer than other smokes. But you can also just insta triple smoke aside. Yeah, you can do really pacey hits with the, with the smokes. The yeah. stim beacon is very good for taking sights, and he has arguably mm, the, the best. Stim beacon is bullshit. Uh, you could get rid of the stim beacon. As much no, as I enjoy so it more, <laughs> no, no, I enjoy it more the, than the it used to. Whatever. The stim is, is, is bull- bullshit. Get rid of it. I know Cast doesn't like it, but you see it in pro games that it gets used. It's not like it's oh well. Well, it gets well. used because you have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, it's one of those things. It's very difficult to tell for sure how much it affected the round. But, like, mm-hmm. it is very nice just because when you're so used to facing people who are moving a certain speed um, and shooting a certain speed, uh, you know, it just it just throws everything off if you're dueling someone who's stimmed up. Oh, yeah. I, it's I, I still it makes... definitely the worst part of his kit. Yeah. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, just to be clear, I wasn't arguing with that. Um, I, I think yeah. as a Brim, if you only ever bought the stim beacon, 
when and made use of the stim beacon when you didn't have a full buy with rifles. Like then, like I, I could see the argument of like, oh, you know, this is doing something, right? Mm-hmm. But like, what? Because it's like, oh, well, I don't have the ability to one tap them, therefore, increased fire rate, good. Increased movement, even better, right? Yeah, because uh, increasing like, the fire um, rate of your rifles does nothing. What? Yeah, because one, you one tap everybody. Fucks up my recoil control. Number two. <laughs> If you get one tapped, it doesn't fucking matter. And if I one tap them, it doesn't fucking matter. You're way, you me, are why significantly are you, why are you less likely to be one tapped if you are moving faster. Like, why are you so scared of facing an ulted Reyna then? Yeah. Because she can disappear. It doesn't matter if you're dead. Well, okay, I guess it matters for the rest of my team. You know what Then why are you the scared? Increased fire rate that she has. Yeah. That, that's what the Stim Beacon does. I, yeah. I don't but, give a fuck about Reyna's increased fire rate. I mean, it makes her better in a role. I'm not really sure why we're arguing about this thing because yeah, it wasn't in like, the patch okay. at all. It's, it's not even in okay. the patch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, like, an ulted arena is scary because she is virtually untradeable. Yeah. And I know we'll have max AP, HP after I take this duel with her if I lose. I think that I think that's some cope. I think you see the glowing blue Reyna and know she's putting bullets down range and you lose confidence in your ability to one death. <laughs> I yeah, mean, I, 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 I'm speaking. For, I'm projecting a little with that one for sure. But um, that's yeah. definitely what I'm thinking. Yeah, wrapping back around to where we got off course with the stim beacon is Chase saying that the ult is one of the best things of Brim's kit, and it is very good. But stim beacon side, <laughs> I think his smokes and his molly are very strong as well. To the point where you don't pick Brim just for his ult, or with ult, the ult is a main consideration. And in general, I, I just think that. You know, talking about, oh, well, Phoenix Molly, would it be considered as good if it was an 8.0? Like, definitely not, if it went up by two from the six. But I think Phoenix not not Phoenix Molly. Molly. Yeah. Phoenix Molly. Yeah. God, I hope not. Phoenix Molly takes 8.0 points to charge up. Oh, my God. Ryan, please don't listen. I know you try to copy things we say. Don't do that, please. <laughs> well, maybe if they swapped it so he gets his ult every round as a purchasable, <laughs> and then he charges up his molly. No, that but shit better cost like a fucking like. I mean, okay, three thousand dollars for Phoenix ult. Yeah, let's say that they yeah. did do that for shits and giggles, right? Mm-hmm. Like, is it the cost of a vandal? Is it the cost of an op? That that's an interesting question. How much would an ult cost yeah. if you could buy it? But let me let me finish what I'm saying about Brim, which is that uh, I think eight points is fair for how good the alt is, and I don't think going to what you were saying, Chase. I think the rest of his kit is good enough to stand up without this, you know, really decreasing all that much. I mean, I think that the way that I play Brim will not change significantly because of it. But I yeah. think that like Brim has always been one of the worst of the controllers. Um, I mean that's debatable, but like people like the other controllers more in general. Um, and so, like, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me to increase the ult. Yeah, I, th- I think um, from that perspective of, you know, he's not seeing dominance in pick rate, so why bother nerfing him? Like, I can agree with you on but that. But he's seeing dominance in win rate. Oh, really? I hadn't seen We, we talked about this, uh, like, a few podcasts ago, if not literally the last one. Yeah, it's just um, parry 2N. No, no, but, like, it's, like... It's across all ranks. Brim and Killjoy outperform their pick rates. Yeah, although I, as I'm thinking about that now, 
I think part of that might also be that there is just a simplicity to them that when... yeah, yeah it's like that skill floor conversation that we have yeah exactly right like... that specifically when it comes to you know you playing with a different random team every time if you're not five stacking like you know the ability of your team to capitalize off of astra utility is going to be so much more varied than the ability of your team to play around your brim utility well, i think also it has to do with the fact that like in pro play flex- flexibility is like very valuable yeah and maybe even just in the higher ranks of the game flexibility is very valuable but like which is why like you know like astra has if we argue that astra has maximum flexibility due to her global smokes and the cool setup she can have with her concusses and her her sucky suck um and i guess that's what astra does um, and then, like, you look at Omen with his ability to have all these, like, unique one-ways around different areas of the map, and that he's got his TPs to play in, like, cheeky positions and the whatnot. It's, like, th- those add to those agents' flexibility, which is a strong point, but doesn't necessarily make them better in a ranked perspective, especially when we're not talking about, like, top-tier rank ranked games. Just because the simplicity of Brim being like, look, I'm smoking this shit off, I'm mollying this angle, and we're fucking going in. Yeah, shit. Cass has a good point here. Mm -hmm. And it it hate I hate to admit this, but Cass does have a good point. Um but also, yeah, it it, we're saying that Riot has made a change not due to the pro scene. Which is (laughs) something (laughs) that we have actually been big proponents for in general. This is true. Mm -hmm. So I feel like me arguing against that is counter to my general opinions in, um, you know, you know, of the game of Valorant. Yeah. So if it means that my agent has to have one more ult point, then so be it. That wow. that's fine. Take you can, you can approve road. this yep. because because Bright is actually making a change that's not related to the pro scene. If if that's the case. So it right. sounds like we're also, going tentative approve on this change. Well, the, the other thing certified. I want to say is, like, and especially the way in which, like, a bunch of people often use Brimalt for, and Chase has been doing it more now with, like, having lineup plus Brimalt, is uh, just is using it to burn a lot of time off the clock. You're often sitting on that alt for a couple rounds until you get into the scenario in which, like, you're in that position. Because oftentimes they'll be like, hey, Chase, like, don't use your alt let me peek off tap. Yeah, sometimes more than a couple rounds. Sometimes I've got it for, like, fucking an entire half because we yeah. just don't need it for post-plant. Yeah. But, like, uh, and then at a certain... I, I think, like, when you reach... Because I do this with jet knives. If I get jet knives early in a game and, like, I don't need to use them to save or, like, I could... I can just buy anywhere or whatever. It's like there's sometimes where I'll just pop them at the beginning of the round because it's like, well, I can realistically get another ult before this half ends. But if I wait another round or two, I might not be able to. It's like, I think there is some threshold that exists in a given half of, I might as well just use this now because I could get value out of it. Like, like I'll try updraft peaking something and like, maybe I'll get the kill. Maybe I won't. Maybe I'll just whiff all my knives and dash out and I've still got my rifle, whatever. But I went for it and I'll be able to get my knives back and our bank is good. So it's a little different than that, but 
Because any like given round, I could say, oh, but if I wait till the end of this round, I might be able to have a, like an impact. And right. You don't decide at the beginning if you're of the just, round. If you're consistently like not needing it, mm-hmm. it means one, you're winning. So fuck it. Doesn't yeah. matter. Right. Um, but also, you know, sometimes you just die before you can use it. And yeah. you know, yeah. that, that's what it is. Well, but I, I think that it's probably better to save it in in Brim's case than to um, than to just like let it rip at some random point unless you're getting like pretty guaranteed value out of it. Maybe I I can like, but I think how you define like pretty guaranteed value is like an interesting topic here. Like if we just look at bind, uh, like say you're going to A, like you can just deny the other team Oka, and it's just like hey like lamps or yeah U-Haul? sorry lamps yeah, yeah. lamps. Yeah, lamps or U-Haul. You can just deny the other team U-Haul and just be like, or like, Raze is like going to blast back in and control that area with like a shotgun or whatever, right? It's like, you can just be like, hey, you can't be here right now. And then we're yeah, that's take great. That's in. great with team coordination, but yeah, otherwise. Right. Like, yeah. if you're able to coordinate that and be like, hey, look, I'm just going to, like, I've been holding on to my ult for a few rounds. I can get another one this half if I use it now. Like, we're just going to take lamps control. Open up uh, the sky, baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to comment on the fact that uh, Chase and I both play Brim to some extent. Chase, to a much greater extent than me. And um, Chase, one thing that you do that is really great, that has happened since the first premiere beta, uh, more so than before that, is that when we're on offense, if you have ult, more, far more often than not in the post-plant, you'll also be in Molly lineup position as well. So that there's basically you have the the Molly lineup to delay, and then the ult is like the closer if not enough time has passed for the Molly to like secure the round, which is just so nice because it basically, uh, unless you know the team gets overrun really quickly, it gives us it shortens the spike timer by so much if you have both of those, um, and you often can figure out whether or not you need to use the ult or not. Um, so yeah, that's that's really nice of, of you having it in that situation. Whereas I have never learned any Brim lineup, so I, I'm much more, you know, alt or nothing versus Molly first and then alt. Isn't it optimal to alt then Molly? That's how Parry to End does it, and so I think that yes, it is optimal. Um but that's all the Molly high level where their alt ends. Where one they know where you're mo- like where you're mollying from. Mm-hmm. So they know where you're line upping from, and so they can rush you down. So mm-hmm. if you ult and immediately molly, it gives the most amount of time, like, off the bat. Yeah, because then you can just right. fight right away. Whereas if you but, molly and then ult, yeah. you have to wait a good bit of time between doing those mm-hmm. two things. But at, at our yeah. rank, what I like to do is I like to go to my molly position, I fire the molly, like, earlier, and then I can reposition, wait for tap and ult. Mm-hmm. Um, because some people do know where you're like Molly lineup's going to be coming from and they might try to rush you down. But if I reposition to another Avenue or something that might cu- catch them off guard, like closer then um, you can often like get that person who's going to um, try to rush you down and then old mm-hmm. and that will kill more time. But. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I really, that I get a small amount of joy out of uh, regarding the brim alt is um, when I know there's not enough time left on the clock for me to be able to defuse. Mm-hmm. Or like maybe there technically is enough. Oh time, yeah, I, I know, know what you're going not, with this. Yeah, but I know that I'm not getting away with the defuse here. It's like all right, let's be honest. This round is lost here. 
love just hitting Spike to get the prim to pop his alt on it. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, fuck you, I was never going to be able to defuse anyway. You just wasted right. that shit. Um, I love doing that, but alright, I think we should move on. So partial yeah, partial certify from us. Um, next one, very quick and short. Uh, Fade, Prowler now takes longer to re-equip gun after using the Prowler. Fine. Yeah, I mean, okay. it's it follows their... Yeah, go ahead. Nerf, but fine. Yeah. I, like I, I don't know. Like I don't think we need to talk about this too much. But my question is just why? Fade's good. Is she, she has, though? She hasn't received a ton of nerfs since her release, where we thought she was broken. I still like in game. There are times when Fade's fucking broken, and so I'm I'm okay with nerfs to Fade right now. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I just feel like in the Sova to Fade head v head, which the they're direct competitors. I feel like Sova just gets more play. Like again, I don't really want to dwell into this because it's going to take a while. But like, I I I'm just currently seated at the position of like. All right, why? you want you don't you don't want to delve into it, or do you know you don't want to dwell on it? Yeah, <laughs> you kind of combine those two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, did into it. <laughs> I didn't even really notice. It kind of just like went through. Yeah, I'll just say um, quickly that I think this is another change that's more geared towards casual versus pro play because, yeah, Fade hasn't had anywhere close to a dominate, dominant pick rate in pro play. Um, mm-hmm. In general, it follows what they've done with both Sky and KO in the past when they've just been a little too good at playing off of their own utility by making them, you know, less duelisty, more requiring their team to capitalize on their utility overwhelming an enemy. So I, I don't hate it. I think it's fine. Yeah. Sure. Certified. Um, you're gonna say something, Cass? Yeah. Very briefly, like yeah. the the fade E. No, not E. Aunt? No, the C's. Heather. C's, yeah. C's. Yeah, the C's. Like the 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 reason why I think that Fade is getting considerably less playtime uh currently, like a lot has to do with just sock, shock darts just being more generally useful than a C's is. Um Oh, I and like that one, Chieftain. I'd be curious to d- just have numbers on that, is all I'm really saying. Well, because, mm. like, Shock Darts can deny plant. Like, they can or at least just do damage to whoever's planting. Like, the Cs, while very nice when comboed with other utilities, like, especially in ranked, requires that coordination. And, like, say you've got a Cs lineup, you need a raise who can get that aid there, too. Some of them are very easy, some of them not so much. But, like, uh, just, like, you know. I just feel like the C's in general is less useful than the shock darts, and then they're nerfing Fade again. I, I, I just don't really see the point, but sure. Yeah, I think the C's, though, has far more delay potential, not talking about spike plant, but just area denial than the shock darts. Because if someone's going to be pushing you and you hit them with the C's, now they're not pushing you. Like, they're not, you, you know, they literally them. can't. Yeah, but they, but you have to hit them. If you let yeah, it go, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, it's, yeah like, it's, it's like I'm around like, the corner. They're coming around the corner. It, it yeah, does yeah, require sure. some timing. But it's not like a like um a sage slow where it's like, okay, I'm putting this down, now you can't push through it. It's right. like well, either I got you and now you can't push on for a few seconds, which is very nice. Might might enable my team to come back me up, or I missed and now that didn't do shit. Yeah, I'd I like to see yeah. a nerf to the deafen because the deafen is I hate being deaf. Deaf yeah, fucking yeah. sucks. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, moving on. Um Sounds like tentative approval, maybe not from Cass. Not really a big deal. Gecko. Uh, so he's got uh, basically one and a half buffs and 
well, I don't, I don't know. We're just going to get into it. Mosh Pit, the C ability, the impacted area does 10 damage per second before exploding. And this is very interesting because it kind of goes against what is the identity of the pit was before, which is that unlike all other mollies, it's not damage over time. It's one big burst of damage. And this is adding some damage over time. Um, still, it's low. Yeah. But something. Right, right. So what do you guys think of this one? As someone, I like it. Yeah. I was going to say, as someone who plays Jet and Chamber, big fan. For Gecko. Not big fan for me playing Jet and Chamber. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was um, going to say, what? Yeah. But, like, just as someone who plays Jet and Chamber, who have their, I can get out of this right before it pops. Like, yeah. I, I think it's really good because it it, it gives a negative to me overstaying my welcome whereas not even that just pushing through you could you can just sprint through it like if it's on the ground like we were playing a game uh just a second ago where you know the gecko would molly off uh a short on bind and i would just drop my smokes and run through it and before it popped yeah (laughs) right like it's you just go go through it and that that's totally fine so i think that it, it adds a little bit of a negative there yeah, and now you will take yeah. 30 damage if you do that, because I just confirmed that the mosh pit la- is up for 30 seconds. Oh, sorry, <laughs> 30 seconds. Three seconds, so that's going to be 30 damage total with the 10 per second. Yeah, that's I mean, something. In that, the entire yeah. time, it takes you less than a second. Or like, you, you probably take one tick just crossing through it. Yeah, at least. And I um, and it says 10 damage per second. It doesn't say damage in increments of 10, so I'm guessing the increments will be smaller. Um, yeah. But we'll see. But yeah, you'll 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 just take some damage crossing through it. Yeah. I think it's I think, like I think it's good. The mosh pit was by far and away the most underwhelming part of Gecko's kit. Yeah, like if say you had god tier timing in terms of like you just knew the timings of the game really well. Uh, like just like they tap spike your molly's on it. Like that's not enough time for them to half it. And so, like, if they try to have it, they're just dead. Like, yeah. it does the same job as any other Molly would, and just being like, "Hey, you can't, you can't get half." Right, but just um, with more timing required from you. Yeah, but it, but it requires so much more timing from you, and like it, outside of that, it was very situational. And like, I'm sure I'll, I'm sure both of you guys have died to a Gecko Molly before. Like, it, it yeah. happens. It wasn't. It's I not a terrible like, ability. But I've yeah, never certainly. died to a Gecko Molly. Can you confirm that? Like. To the best of your knowledge? To the best of my knowledge, I've really? never died to a I thought you were joking. Interesting. Because no. I've, I've definitely died before and just like, I'm... Okay, well, there was one in which I just got the timing wrong and I was mid-dash. Oh, <laughs> the gecko <Molly> brutal. <laughs> yeah, I, I, like, yeah it's very underwhelming, before. especially for me. Who, like, I don't think I've ever died to one. Mm. Um, Interesting. Or even like been inside one when it ticked, like even on the outside. Wow. Like, so I think that this will be a significant change to be like, okay, well, there is some consequence to pushing through this. And if you're low HP, that's a huge consequence. So, yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, no, I, I was just going to say, like, there's a number of times that this is like, ah, oh, like I, in the heat of battle, I didn't notice there was a gecko molly right there. And I funny hopped into it trying to get around a corner or some shit. But like, you know, I, I think in general, it's good. Yeah, I died from basically full health to a Gecko Molly last night while playing Jet, where I was, like, updrafted, but I wasn't at the peak point of my updraft, and I guess I was just low enough 
for like the molly to kick in but it was wild because i was at least a foot off the ground like i was so su- surprised that it had that much vertical damage area it was very embarrassing it's like a bulb it's like a half circle I don't think the mosh pit is. Uh, is no, any I thought it was a cylinder. Is it a cylinder? I think all mollies are a cylinder. Hmm. Well, yeah, I, 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 I don't like... think it's any different than other mollies in terms of they. Okay. It's it, bunny hopping prevention is what it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like, yeah. you got to be, you got to be a fair distance above that for it not to kill you. Yeah, I didn't. I I didn't realize how high you could be in still yeah. damage. Okay. Well, yeah, uh, like as jet, you can yeah. obviously updraft to get out of it, but like. Yeah, I'd already well, updrafted. Maybe... I thought I was good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so the next one is Wingman. Uh, Lil Bro has been slimming down a little bit. His HP has been reduced from 100 to 80 HP. That's fine. Yeah, yeah sure. He's very versatile. Fine, I mean, but... two Vandal shots instead of three might make a difference when you're just spamming through something, but like... Yeah. Whatever. It, it's It's a bad use case to use the Wingman to plant in a spammable position anyway. Yeah. Sure. I mean, there's also the fact that I believe Viper Molly can now take him down. Oh, interesting. I mean, I think that, yes, that, that is that is an interesting use case. But, like, I think that if you didn't have sight and you're using Wingman to plant, it's a throw anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you should, should have, have been using... Yeah. Yeah, you should have been using Wingman to plant when you your team has taken sight and it would be useful for your gun to be pointed at a different area. Yeah. Alternatively, sure. I think it's also acceptable if you're full committing to the sight take and you send wingman in with a flash and then your team explodes behind wingman onto sight. I, I think that's fine as well. Um, but you have to be following him up, not chilling behind a smoke while wingman goes in by himself. Situationally, I think that it's probably better for you to take sight and then use wingman to plant. Well, what, what I like about sending wingman in in front of you is that you give the enemy team a choice where either they don't shoot wingman and now you get the plant down faster, assuming that you're then able to take sight behind him, or they do shoot wingman and now you know their position, you can kill them faster and you're committed to the sight hit. So you can very easily pick up spike and then plant after that anyway, as if you didn't have wingman in the first place. So like that's, that's where I think it, it it's reasonably good. Cause I just thought of a use case that might be a moot point now. But imagine your Breeze A takes if you had a fucking wingman back then. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. That could <laughs> like, be very fuck good. Fuck you. We're not touching sight. I'm staying back <laughs> yeah. in the games. <laughs> oh, man. That'd be We're going to wall up. Wingman's going to go in. He's going to drop the spike. You have Harbor just cove him off here. while he plants. Yeah, exactly. Like, fuck <laughs> you. Yeah. We're, not go- We're not touching sight. Oh, man. <laughs> um,. Might be a moot point when Breeze comes back. When Breeze uh, comes back, who knows? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm tentatively yeah. excited for new Breeze. I think they did some, you know, big enough changes to really change how it plays. So, mm-hmm. okay, Gecko changes good. Move on. Well, there's one one last small one. Uh, you probably don't even need to discuss the Thrash's explosion had a makeover, so you can understand the area being affected better. Not a nerf or a buff. So yeah. overall, it seems like we agree with sure. the Gecko changes. No real problem there. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Killjoy lockdown. Ultimate points increased eight to nine. Fair. We talked about the all points. Move on. No, I we didn't talk about I Killjoy's say all points. We didn't talk about Killjoy's all points. Yeah. Which, yes, fair ish. I still think nine's too high. 
I also think nine is too high. I think that it is touching something on Killjoy that like it's not the whole problem. We had an entire episode on like how yeah. Killjoy is the new meta. Um and the only thing they're changing is the same thing they changed to like brim. Yeah. I mean like okay, that's nuts to me. If we're gonna actually get into Killjoy here, like yeah, we already talked about how I don't like the alt point increase, but like there's just so much more they could have done to Killjoy. Yes. And then kept How, the ult at eight. However, we don't know how Killjoy is going to perform on Sunset. We already know that Killjoy is not great on Freeze. Yeah, and I don't think the changes will affect that all that much. Fracture is coming out of the pool. As is Pearl, both of which are very As strong Killjoy Pearl, maps. which are both Killjoy maps. Yeah. Like, I can see them wanting to see... I can see Riot wanting to see where Killjoy sits with in the new map pool prior to knocking her down a peg or two because I don't think the issue is that Killjoy is too strong. I think the issue is that the other Sentinels are too weak. Yeah, I, I agree with that take and I also think that this is going to tie into something that we get into in the future of this uh, episode. But... At a certain point, I think that after tween, uh, tw <laughs> tweaking and tuning, I was combining the words, tweaking and tuning uh, the abilities of agents to a certain extent, we're reaching a point with certain agents within certain roles that just the fundamentals of their kit are so much better than the other agents in that role that you can't actually really balance them without ruining slash making unfun the better agents in that role. And I think this applies to Killjoy, that, like, if you look at the Sentinel, Sentinel role, you have, you know, Deadlock, who's garbage. You have Sage and Chamber, which are incredibly situational. And then you have the other Info Sentinel, with, which is Cypher. And just, as we discussed in the previous episode, Killjoy just does some really cool things that Cypher can't do. And aside from making Killjoy's abilities useless or Cypher's abilities oppressive, you can't really change that all that much. It's just, you know, the fundamentals of what their kit does. Um, I mean, I, I think, like, there are two changes that come to mind Okay. Uh, regarding Killjoy. Like, the easiest one would just be you don't get vulnerable to off the alarm bot. It's literally just info. But I'm not sure how much of a difference that would make, because how often do you really capitalize off the vulnerable unless you're yeah. pairing it with Molly's? And the alarm um, bot is Killjoy's worst ability. Yeah. No, not like, that it's bad, like that's, but it's definitely no, no, the worst like, that's ability. Just, like, that's just the one that comes to mind. Yeah. It's just say, like, oh, well, like, the alarm bot is just doesn't vulnerable now. So, like, there's not a real downside to letting it hit you. Like, you don't have to deal with shooting it. Because it's just like, oh, well, like, hey, it just let Killjoy know we're here. I'm like, all right, that's what it is. Um, and then the other thing I was thinking of is just, like, if you made it so that you can't, like, see Cypher trips... That would definitely increase Cypher's pick rate. Oh, so you have uh, to run into them? Yeah, like, basically. you kind of have to run into... The other one that or you can shoot them like, if you hear them, I guess. Like, if you're yeah, like, yeah, oh, sure. I hear it, so I can shoot it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the other one that really bothers me is that, like, his trips just get, like, fully visible after you die. Um, which, True. I don't know how many people, like, make note of this, but, like, if you just die to someone, like, while you're taking a duel prior to them hitting your trips, like, your trips are just fully visible. Same with, like, Killjoy setups. Like, I, I don't really get the point of that. Like, it, it just... 
Like, it gives away what your setup is without them having to hit it first. So, like, I think your util should just disappear when you die, but, like, eh, whatever. I mean, theoretically, if you're playing the role, if you're dying before they hit your setup, then that probably means you did something wrong. So, like, I get what you're saying, but also, you know... it could component. also just be a situation of like, oh, they were hitting B. I pushed out oh, of A. Oh, yeah, okay. They rotated off. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe you even get two as they're rotating off. But like, you get overwhelmed because they're all rotating to the other site. And now they walk on your site your, and they yeah. just see where your trips are. Yeah, right? yeah, that's that's fair. That's fair. fair. I mean, lorically, it's like you place something down. Yeah, yeah. So therefore, it's still there right. once you die. But like, Wait, inactive. They just, yeah, they should just stay invisible. Like, yeah. if you get enough to where, like, you'd see them normally, sure. But, like, the fact they're just fully visible now that you're dead is, in my mind, a little stupid. Interesting. Yeah. Um, my, yeah. going back to the old, I think that, and this ties into some other things in this patch as well, I think that Riot, with making such sweeping changes without really taking a comprehensive look at all of the agents, is really annoying. Because the fact that Killjoy's ultimate is going up to 9 ultimate points, but Viper ult is still 8, which is the best ult in the entire fucking game, and Ray's ult is still 8 as well. Like, if you're trying to tell me that Killjoy ult is better than Viper ult and Ray's ult, you're high. Straight up. And the fact that they're not touching those, I think it's a problem. Those are also very good agents as well. It's not like these are Phoenix who has an equivalent ability or something. I will say the one main difference is Kiljoyo definitively gives you sight. Now, there are arguments to the fact that Kiljoyo can be broken more readily than, say, a, a Viper ult. But, like... Yeah. <laughs> arguments. Killjoy... <laughs> well, I'm just... Okay, but, like, Kiljoy just gives you fucking sight. Viper ult yeah. doesn't give you sight. You have to take sight first. Yeah, but closing out defense, the round. You can just, or on defense, you can just drop it preemptively. But right. like, it's just... Or if, or if something's on the other team with an op, he just shoots you immediately through the ult when you pop it. Yeah, yeah, that, I, I've done that before to some viper. <laughs> yeah. um, it's, it's a nice feeling. <laughs> it is, it is. Not if you're the viper, it's very much not a nice feeling. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> real um, desk pounding moment for sure yeah for sure but like the casters were bewildered in that moment yeah i'm like oh, i didn't yeah, actually I, see that i'm gonna have to find that clip okay. I, I, oh, I yeah, that, why, that was on lotus i get yeah. why they're mm-hmm. bewildered but like also like when viper first pops are all you can kind of see where it's emanating from like you got a decent shot like, yeah i don't know she's not behind cover like I, I i've done it to several vipers before with an op there was one in particular in which the alt had been up for, like, a while, and I just fired a random shot in and got the Viper, and I, like, didn't move my screen for, like, five seconds. Like, the mouse just kind of stared, pointing at where I was, and I was just like, holy fuck! <laughs> like, that shouldn't have happened, but, like, you know. Um, I don't know, I, I just think that, like, Killjoy alt in particular is just a, if you don't have a means of dealing with this, and oftentimes... It's not possible for you to have a means of dealing with this. Like you just have to vacate site. You well, could I, stay. Yeah. You can stay and fight in a viper ult, right? You can try and head tap the raids before they fire that rocket. 
there is nothing you can do when you don't have a preemptive means of destroying this killjoy all. I think that is incredibly untrue. Because one of the, you know, one of the biggest things that you see is the decision of given where I am on defense on site, when a killjoy all, you know, goes out, how fast do I think they are pushing? And if I think they're going to push before the alt is fully off, you know, and which in most cases they are to some extent, do I think that I can get multiple kills by staying here and then just get detained? Especially if there's a scenario where a teammate can peek from an undetained position to card to uh, cover my detained body. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, there's that along with just the fact that it's so telegraphed, you know, you see the complete radius that like, you have from the moment that Killjoy lockdown goes off, unlike a razor, you now know exactly what's happening and you can make that plan. You can be like, I'm going to get detained here. Cover me from this angle. And so like, yes, theoretically it gives you, it clears off that space, but the ability to play around that. And you're seeing that a lot more in pros as well, where people Mm -hmm. get, try to get detained in a position where they're not immediately going to be mowed down after getting some kills. I, I just think it's not, Oh, free plant. If we pop Killjoy lockdown. Wouldn't it put it like, but the site is free. By, well, sure, you might lose people on the way in. Yeah, though. yeah, you might lose people on the way in, but like, site is free. And you can know that site is free. For that brief window. Like, that's the thing. Also because of the boundary. The, you know, everyone's waiting is, to burst is, through right after it pops. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. But it is the ultimate denial of space. Sure. It, yes, I, I, but like, I think it's it's difficult to compare that because viper has so much more utility later in the round yeah right like the killjoy lockdown has like time burning utility if you were to pop it after plant but the viper is significantly better if you ask me post plant yeah and i would fully agree with what chase is saying uh, in terms of viper being better post plant and also that um i would be curious to know the stats on this but I would tend to think that in the majority of the rounds where an offense pro team did not have a Killjoy ult and they were not on an eco, they made it to site anyway. That not necessarily that they planted the bomb, but they made it to a site and then either died from there or they died or, or you know, the plant was denied or, or, they, or of course it's a full retake scenario where they did plant and then, you know, there was a retake that happened. But like, Taking a site is not the most difficult part of an offense, uh, you know, round. I would argue. I would argue it it's. Six, I would argue it's safely planning the spike, and then you know defending against the retake. But like fundamentally speaking, if you five man rush a site from uh, just straight up off the rip, you know you're go- you're going against two or three people. Like I don't think the initial site hit to get to site is the most difficult part, and therefore I think you might be slightly overrating that versus you know, the round securing potential that Viper all has. I would love to go back through all my games and just know the number of times that I made it onto site as Jet and our team didn't take site. Because fuck, it's a hell of a lot of them. Sure. But I think sure. if, if you lose three people getting onto site, but then you have Viper ult and you can, you can Viper ult that, it makes a, like, 2v4 somewhat doable. I, I would say okay. very doable. Sure. Well, okay. Yeah. It's way more doable gonna, than okay. a 2v4 retake. No. You, you'll see this sometimes in pro games, too. But, like, the thing about Viper Alt is Viper Alt makes it really fucking hard to trade out your teammates. Even if it's sure. in your own fucking Viper Alt. So, like, you'll see a lot of the times that, like, pros will drop their Viper Alt when they're just like, hey, we've got the numbers. 
Like, we can hold this without the Viper ult. Like, we've burned enough time off the clock. Um, like, we're in positions to trade each other. Let's get rid of, the, like, let, let's drop the Viper ult. And let's just take these duels so we can trade each other out. Like, Well, I mean, you don't see teams doing that in a 2v4. No, no, you right. don't. But, like, again, that's more situational. Yeah, and I would argue that the that's also a strength. Ult, which is just like, motherfucker, you can't be here. Well, I, I think that, that the ability to drop it also adds a really important element that's a, a good thing about Viper ult, which is that if you're dropping it, it's not only because, it's not necessarily only because, oh, well, we're better off not having this here, but also that when you drop it, the enemy team is probably preparing to find a way to attack the Viper's pit. And they're in positions that are good for going into the pit. And by suddenly dropping it, you're potentially catching them out in the open in places where they don't want to be if there's no Viper's pit there. So there's a big benefit to that as well of flipping the script on the other team since it's very difficult for them to know when you're going to drop it. Yeah, sure, but there's no scenario which you don't want the fucking Killjoy all. Yeah, well, sure, but the Killjoy all is a one and done. Yeah, it, it doesn't last an entire right. round if you want it to. Yeah, you're not forced to deal with it in the same way. You can leave a Killjoy ult and come back and continue playing the round. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll move uh, on because it sounds like we're going to have to agree. Yeah, to we'll move on. We're just beating a dead horse at this point. But yeah, like... yeah. I'll put out. This is a good poll. Do you, Killjoy ult or Viper ult stronger? Uh, that, that'll get that'll get done in the Discord. Okay, uh, next up, this one I honestly skimmed over when I was reading the patch notes before and just saw now. Omen's Paranoia has no movement velocity imparted when casting. And this I would put as more of a quality of life change than anything. Oh, that's a nerf. Mm, I, don't, I don't know, because I, I would put it as a quality of life change because if you're reactively throwing it, you might not be able to get, you know, the forwards momentum <laughs> that you want. And so it's a buff to that. And then when it comes to like, you know, how quickly it goes out, there's a certain extent to which depending on the timing of your team pushing behind, you almost might want it to be slower because then it, it paranoia is an area an area is dangerous for longer than if it's just a quick whoop and done. Yeah. I mean, uh, Cass was on the phone while you were debating him. So it was kind <laughs> of difficult for him to, uh, yeah. to respond to that. But I, like I, mean, I don't really know. I don't, I don't play Omen at all. Yeah. So it, it's hard for me to understand what the movement velocity actually does to the paranoia. Okay. I, I think I know what Hunter's point was, but <laughs> the reason why I think that this is just a straight nerf is the distance at which your paranoia travels based off momentum is quite considerable. Oh, I didn't actually I realize the distance changed. I Yeah, oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, no, the distance your paranoia travels is quite considerable based off movement. Oh, okay. It's well, then I retract what I said. That does, yeah. Your, I, I, your paranoia stays in the air for the same amount of time regardless of you basically like your paranoia goes out and it stays in the air for that amount of time. Now, when you were running forward and you threw your paranoia because it stays in the air for the same amount of time, it traveled that much farther. Got it. Versus when you're backpedaling and you throw it, it goes that much shorter because it imparted your character's momentum onto the paranoia. Yeah. I didn't understand the distance thing before. So yeah, I agree with you after learning that. There are a lot of paranoia lineups that require you to be running into them to throw for them to reach these certain areas. Interesting. Like, it's just a straight nerf. When I think of paranoia, I can only think of this Reddit post within the last month where someone did, like, one of the stupidest, like, least significant things, but it was kind of, it was like one of those mildly interesting things where they were able to, like, 
use ghost mode in the range to like be going backwards while throwing a paranoia straight up into the sky such that the paranoia just like hung, like spun stationary in the sky. Mm-hmm. It was kind of cool. So yeah, I, yeah like, sounds like a nerf. But it, not a huge one necessarily. No, it's not a huge nerf, but it's just like there are some paranoia lineups that well, like there're just some areas you just can't hit with your paranoia anymore. Yeah. Um and there was no downside to just having your paranoia move faster. It just makes it better. And it yeah. goes farther. Omens another character where like we they don't need any changes right now. They're fine. Yeah, it's just like I right, I mean old changes maybe as we've talked about, but like yeah. not they don't need a nerf. The the only thing that I can see is that it just makes it more consistent for people who don't understand the mechanics of it. So like yeah, it could be yeah. that kind of consistency change. Raises raises skill floor, I guess, lowers skill ceiling, but like it's just a straight nerf. Yeah. So once again, you know, why? But sure, I guess it's our reaction. So we'll go for the half DVP certify on this one. Now we get into another another chonky uh, series of changes. And this is for Sky. And I said series of changes, but these are all nerfs. Um, they even include a little paragraph about how Sky is a little overly strong and just has a bit too many options in terms of what she can do with her kit to make it to simplify a little bit so yeah, first no shit right what'd you say yeah right yeah i said yeah no shit <laughs> surprise surprise <clears throat> and uh it clearly it's just that i was tearing up the uh the ranked games a bit too much as sky and they needed to bring me down a notch so that was yeah God, I, I was flashed so many times per game <laughs> wow I, that i mean if i'm playing any flashing character that ends up happening so that's not really specific to sky um <laughs> So the guiding uh, guiding light, uh, her E, max duration when casted reduced 2.5 seconds to 2 seconds. And one of the biggest things, they said that this is kind of twofold, that one of the things that this helps is your range at which you can acquire info is reduced. And also the range at which you can, the length of time you can fake flash for and cause someone to have to be turned away to respect that it might actually get popped is also reduced that way. Um and honestly, despite playing Sky, a lot of these other agents, we were saying, like, why do they need a nerf? Sky was too good. I Fine. I, I think it's a fair nerf. Yeah. I'm thinking there might be certain flash lineups that are no longer oh, yeah. possible. I'm not really sure what the uh, the range I mean, on them are. But, like, if, if it can't get up to an angle that was, like, a very popular Sky Flash, then that could be, like, a huge nerf. I feel like the... The main thing now is just like, yeah, you, you got to be closer to whatever you're trying to get info on. Yeah, I yeah. think it's fine, though. Yeah, and like I, the I biggest thing that I think of there. is Pearl B long. That like, you know, that is a, is a long distance to send a flash. If you want to curve it into sight, probably you have to be further up B long. Uh, fine. Yeah, you know, it was too good before. Sure. Yeah. Um, right, can you just read out all the nerfs in general and then we can talk about them? Oh, sure, sure. Okay. Trailblazer uh, HP reduced 100 to 80 and then... Seeker's ultimate points increased 7 to 8, and Seeker health decreased 150 to 120. Cass's fucking dream has come true. Yes, Cass is uh, having a hard time containing himself over there. But his dream is that they don't block bullets at all. Well, it's just like... Or that you can wall bang them, at least. Yeah, well... I mean, you can wall bang them. They don't block, right? Well, no... Kind of, but, like, the, the annoying thing to me is that it was just, like, a one-way moving obstacle, which, like, 
a prowlers have the same capacity too. It's just like you can shoot me through them no problem, and I can't shoot you back. Was the annoying part to me. Like, <laughs> yeah, I but it's so telegraphed. Like, you know that's gonna yeah, happen. Yeah, no, but it's just like it's <laughs> fucking annoying. Like I know that Killjoy can do it too with their turret on certain angles when you can like head glitch an angle and your turret's in the way. So like if people right. are shooting at you, they're gonna hit your turret and not hit you, and you can fire back through your turret no problem. Like it's just like that's just an aspect of the game that like I think shouldn't be there. Like. I, like, I, I don't think it's fair for you to take a gunfight in that scenario in which they can't fairly shoot you back. Like, that, that was my only thing about it. Like, if, if Sky could shoot her own cabbages and break them, and then me shooting the cabbages also broke them, like, then, then like, I wouldn't have any problem with that. It's just the fact that you can shoot through your cabbages and I can't. Yeah, so you... you... You get flashed. Now the person who flashed you can see you and you can't see them. Like, I don't get your, like, fundamental principle here. Like, obviously it's not a flash, but, like, the idea that it's, it's a horrible. benefit to an ability, yeah. Right, it's, it's yeah. an ability you use so that you're heavily advantaged in a gunfight. But it's just, like, you're... Uh, the like, turret the, the thing is, he... the mo- is the most egregious of Yeah, the, the turret is far more up. egregious yeah. than this, that guy's. Yeah. Right, right, right. It's just, like... The point of the ability should be to find out where I am, and I have to shoot it if I don't want to be blind. And maybe it deafens you too, I don't fucking know. Yeah, so you're just, um, you're just asking for it to be nerfed, is the thing. Yeah, 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 it, well, I mean, it's just like, just make it fair from both sides. It if shouldn't be fair from both sides, it's an ult. Is it fair for both sides when you get brim ulted and can't, literally cannot diffuse while the brim ult is going off? It's like, well, that's supposed to be, be fair. There. Well, they, yeah, but they don't they want to be there. there. They don't want to defuse their own spike. They can't be there either. They can't defuse their own spike either. That's right. fair. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I can't defuse spike. You can't defuse spike. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, will I can't say... shoot through cabbage. You can't through, shoot through cabbage. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the thing. We need to bring back Viper Pit decaying your own team like it used to do back at launch. Yeah. Yeah, there yeah we go. I can't Make be in here. You can't fair. be in here. Yeah. All right, uh, but moving on to the ultimate point side of it, I think this is a case of, I honestly don't think Sky Seekers are the best ult. I would even say that they're in like the bottom five ults. But the you know ult points going up just because you know uh, Sky is good and making Sky worse, I think is fine. I mean, I think I think Seekers are actually quite good. Specifically because you can shoot through them and they have two hands. <laughs> 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 uh, and also, uh, maybe, oh, I, I just think, I, I, I think Sky's ult's actually a really good ult. Um, and it's semi-unconditional. Like, uh, as we've talked about with other alts, and we're talking about when they're useful, when they're not useful, things like that. Sky ult is just good. There is no time in which it's like, oh, having this ult right now is suboptimal. I guess that's kind of true for all of us, but like, God, I wish I had zero old. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's like, <laughs> Sky, Sky Alt is just like universally useful in every scenario. You know, it's I get what you're saying. Obviously, best. Yeah, it's obviously best when there are only three people on the other team, or even less. But like, Sky Alt, very good. Um, it's good. I'm going to stick to my guns and say, uh, no old play increase. Can't agree with yeah. that one. I, I like, but I do like the other changes. I like the less health. I like the less health for the uh, for the dog mm-hmm. as well. I would have liked to see less duration on the dog. But... Yeah, that's the big thing. Is it 
like um, somebody else was talking about this. I can't remember who whose video I was watching, but they were saying like it just goes further than other like drone utility. Yeah, the argument yeah. against nerfing the skydog duration is because you have limited vision. It needs to go farther, like compared to a Sova drone. But like it can drone go further, end. but like. It just goes so much further. It just it just goes so far, like and like, which means that you can be playing significantly safer and get around a corner and clear it. Yeah. Also, just your team can push up that much farther with the dog. Mm -hmm. Um, and like the the main one that I'm thinking about, in which rain or like sight distance, how far you can see when you're in drone versus dog, is just not relevant. Is like a short on Haven. Yeah, like, if they're short, short angles, if they're short yeah, angles, it doesn't fucking short matter. Angles. Like, you can, you can clear your entire way through that with a Skydog. Like, holy yeah. fuck, that ability's good. And, like, I don't know. The, the thing that I find with, uh, with Sky is, like, if you're playing one initiator, Sky is by far and away the best. Um, now, I understand that people play one initiator on... Ascent like, and Isoba. Ascent. No, but they play KO on. Oh, no, you're right. You're KO. right. Yeah. Sorry. So, so no, that's no longer the case. Yeah. Okay. True. So no, we're, we're still good. Like because if you're playing one initiator, well, number one, you want flashes. Sky gives you flashes. Number two, you want info. Sky gives you info. It's not as good as Sova's info, but you get info. Um, and KO's info is just less in terms right. of he only has the knife. Um. And the knife comes up, call it. Yeah, he's, he's lacking the dog. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I think if you're going to play one initiator, Sky is by far and away the best initiator to pick. And so I kind of understand them knocking her down a bit now that the double initiator meta has like slightly fallen out of favor. Yeah, and that's the big thing as well that, you know, back when double initiator meta was a thing, you would have an info initiator and you would have a flashing initiator. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, Sova... Uh, fade for the info and KO breach for the flashing. And so, you know, when you go down to the one initiator, and that's a generalization, Sky was still played at that point. But, like, you know, I fully agree with you that, you know, that is what leads to her popularity. And that's where, mm -hmm. that's where, you know, you could, you could have a little bit of concern with these changes that if then the meta changes back to double initiator, then maybe she'll just seem kind of weak. But um, the, I don't, I think the other thing was, like, because of the prominence of these more wall type initiators being, you know, Viper and um, uh, Harbor, in which it's less no, wall controllers. Yeah, sorry, wall controllers, where it's less stagnant in where these smokes or LOS blocking abilities are going to be. Um, Sky is just more versatile in being able to pop flash through those. That is true. Right, like, uh, like for KO, you have your right click, which goes a very short distance, and then you got your left click. Unless you're fucking dialed on your left click, to, like, time, right, or how far it travels, right? It's probably really hard to, like, pop flash your duelist in past this wall that cuts halfway through sight. Yeah. Give, hopefully without giving the enemy team enough time to turn that flash. Mm -hmm. um, whereas with Sky... Well, that's considerably fucking easier. Yeah. So when there are when there are LOS blocking abilities in perhaps not literal doorways or choke points, Sky is just better at flashing through those. And 
therefore when you see a bunch of wall initiator or wall controllers you're gonna see more sky yeah um, you know, you'll see the the sky with the flash they see their duelist up by a wall the sky says oh i'm flashing the duelist follows the bird through the, the smoke and then gets flashed by it and dies <laughs> not talking about anyone in particular no hold on let me clear <laughs> i don't die to that i die to more stupid scenarios in which why the fuck are you flashing this angle i'm standing right here <laughs> i have this angle i am watching it yeah there, there are some more unfortunate things that happen in that regard yeah i'm, I'm not i'm yeah. not gonna say that never happens right, right. i I, yeah. I understand the sky nerfs and, uh, yeah yeah and i think we're all in relative agreement except about potentially yeah. dull points um sova recon bolt number of scans reduced three to two that's all awesome, sova fuck i love this why i to shoot the fucking dart <laughs> Yeah, I personally hate shooting Sova shock darts, and I hate being pinged by the darts. God damn it! Yeah, wait, you, wait, you can't shoot them. Shoot, I'm just finding out now. Shoot them a shot. <laughs> no, I personally am very annoyed by playing against Sovas in general. Um, so personally, I like this change, subjectively speaking. Um, but it does seem a little out of nowhere. I don't know if do you remember Cass from when you were looking at the win rates if Sova was high up in ranked ranked win rates. Mm. I honestly don't remember for Sova. But again, yeah. I think Sova is one of those agents that's like... His skill floor isn't bad because it's very clear what all his util does. Mm-hmm. And it's rather straightforward in that regard. But I think he has an absurdly high skill ceiling. Oh, yeah. Like, when when you can master Sova's util, uh, like you get an insane amount of value off that. And knowing, like multiple good darts for a given site is so valuable in terms of like because there's so many times when you go up against a Sova unranked and they know one dart they've got like oh I've got this like double bounce dart that lands here and it gives us good info on site but it's like well you throw that two or three times and I know where it's fucking going right right Right? it's like I you know like we can ping it out somebody can pre-aim that shit while other people hold the angle they don't need to worry about that as soon as that dart lands it's getting broken yeah, this um, is. A, I think it's a low elo change. Yeah, just because because in higher elo, like getting a scan off is what you're looking for. Right, right. You're very right. You want to. Yeah, you you're wanting to throw it in some place that they're not expecting it to be, and then get a scan off to clear that area, whatever area that your your dark clears. Um. Like. Having three really doesn't affect much as soon as you get to a to a point in in ranks where people would shoot it. Well, also it's, it, like it's a delay. It's a little bit of delay if someone's like trapped in it in a spot and they can't, um, you know, easily access the, uh, um, you know, line of sight to the dart to shoot it. But mm-hmm. like, I don't, I don't think it's a huge change. I just don't understand where it's really coming from. Like, I I can see it in terms of like. Well, one of the things that I like about the the difference here is, like, you can now re-aggress into a given area sooner. That one ping sooner. So Yeah, it, like, it, you it, weren't it, there, so you're yeah. not going to get pinged. Right. 
but now you can can go there sooner yeah yeah and like it forces the enemy team to have better timing to capitalize off the sofa dart makes it very difficult for ranked probably a decent change for pro play just makes you tighten up your timings um and just be more dialed with it but the there are a couple of ones that i know are very annoying that sovas can throw is like you're exacting on the site like one of them being the sign above hmm, the arch as you push out of B garage on ascent. Sorry, I'm hiccuping a bit. Um, it's where I often place my cipher cam, and that cipher cam rarely ever gets broken, even if you know where it is, because now your crosshair is pointed quite literally directly at the fucking sky. And like, Got it's it. annoying to have to bring your crosshair to shoot that unless you know you have guaranteed full sight control and nobody can be swinging me right now. Like, I've seen a bunch of Sovas put a dart on there as the enemy team's pushing onto site, and it's like, if you have a jet smoke that you can just throw on that and just cover up the pings, like, great. If you don't, it's like, we know we're taking duels right now anyway to, like, to coordinate with someone to be like, hey, we'll hold market and CT and stairs and highway and like that's already four guns right there and then you shoot this dart is very fucking difficult so just getting one less ping is good in those situations again it just forces the enemy team to capitalize off a better timing window or a tighter timing window yeah i'm gonna kind of end up end on this ability as like once again is it really needed seems maybe unnecessary but i can see why they're doing it like, I don't have necessarily a problem with the change outside of its lack of need. Yeah, I don't have a big problem with it other than, yeah, it, exactly as Hunter was saying. Mm-hmm. I don't understand really yeah. where it's coming from, but, like, it's fine. I mean, it's they not also change how so it was played. Yeah, so y'all will probably see me cracking up a little over here, and that's because this next change um, is one that clearly I missed when I had read through this before and makes me seem a bit like an idiot from earlier. Uh, Viper's Pit Alt is increased eight to nine. I thought it wasn't, but it yeah, is. How did you not? How did you not know that? I mean, you didn't correct me on it when I said it earlier. Yeah, yeah, I did. I didn't know that either. Yeah, okay, fair point. I I, did, I just you. trusted. I just trusted yeah, that you I mean, knew what you were talking I about. The I, I did. Okay, I, I I did know that because they in their opening paragraph they said they're adjusting all site wide alts. Right. Right. Yeah. So yeah, no, that one I did know. You're right. I didn't correct yeah. you. So that. someone was yeah. listening to this podcast and fucking screaming at you. <laughs> yes, yeah. Sorry <laughs> yeah. to whoever that was. Sorry to make your day a little worse. Um Oh no, their day just got a little bit better when you admitted to fucking that one up. So you know. <laughs> right, yeah. You counterbalance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cass, Cass and I yeah. take no responsibility here. So. Yeah, they can go to bed yeah, yeah. with that little that little fist pump of like I knew he was wrong. I knew it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah, I'll I'll no, say that, that one I yeah, did know because like they, they talk about in their opening paragraph about how they wanted to address all site-wide alts. Right, right. And they talked about it, and then I read through the patch notes once, and obviously, did I... they up fatal by one? No, they did not. Ooh, That's what I thought. Did? Nope, fade. I just went back to check. They did it's not. just the prowler change. Yeah, little sus. Eh. They also did not change fatal arbor alt. I don't think. Let me confirm that. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, no, they did not change are doing what cast? Huh? Site-wide alts are doing what? Uh, they're going up. Oh no! Sorry, sorry. Some some <laughs> yeah, site wide ults. Yeah. The yeah. definitively as decided by the community. Very good site <laughs> site ults. Yeah. Are going up. 
I will say that here's the thing. I really dislike going above the eight point alt to nine just on principle for everything. However, along the lines of what I was saying earlier, if anything deserved to be nine points, it's Viper's ult. So relatively speaking, I don't have an issue with this, but I'd still wish it didn't happen. Likewise. All yeah. right. Uh, on to the next agent. On the yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Astra. Um, basically, they said, we've noticed that uh, Astra suck, suck is really good. And then the uh, concussion, the Nova Pulse, is really bad. So they decided to try to balance the two out a little bit. So the uh, Astra suck, gravity well, startup time increased from 0.6 seconds to 1.25. So slightly over doubling. That's and, considerable. Yeah. And gravity time duration decreased from 2.75 to 2 seconds. So the Astra suck is way easier to avoid once it gets popped and also active for less long. Also, one of the things that, like, I like, I don't know how the exact time is going to affect this, but if you don't preemptively have a star there and someone taps spike, I'm wondering if that startup time would be enough for you to get half. I bet it would be. Like, between I, yeah. them entering... Astral form. Well, yeah, but you should probably have a star there already. Form. Maybe, yeah, you probably should. But, like, say somebody just hits spike sooner than you're, like, realistically anticipating and you were doing other stuff, right? Like... Yeah, Lil Bro is wondering, on Yeah. Uh, I'm just wondering whether you've got enough time to enter Astral form, place, place your star, star, and then suck. Get out of Astral form, and then hit the sucky suck. And then not get half. Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't know. Like, should you probably have a star on that already? Yeah. But, and, well, also, you can just burn less time off now. Because now you have to guaranteed pop it earlier. If you want to stop them from getting half. Right? Yeah. Although I will say, I'm going to correct something I said a, a couple sentences ago. Which is that I said it's active for less time. And that's not technically true, I don't think. Because you're going up by... Um, 0.65 seconds on the startup time while you're going down 0.75 so it's only 0.1 seconds less total time from pop to end but you do have that beginning time to potentially get to half when you wouldn't before mm -hmm. um, and then to compensate Nova Pulse the concussion startup time decreased from 1.25 to 1 wow I didn't realize it was that minor when I read it before <laughs> that's yeah, definitely more um... of a nerf than a buff I, no, no, it's 100% a nerf. It's be, yeah. because, well, I mean, basically they realized, okay, the concussion's useless. It's very situationally useful, and the suck is just way better in any circumstance. So if you have the suck up, you're probably going to rather use the suck than the concuss. Yeah. So they're like, okay, well, let's buff the concuss and let's nerf the suck. But because the suck's just way better and still, like, more generally useful in more situations, it's just a nerf. They're just nerfing the, the suck. And the yeah. concuss isn't coming up enough to like compensate for that i i wish they did buff the concuss enough like i wish that shit was like near instant now i'm sure i'd fucking mold in game about it yeah but like like i ah, like have a little quid pro quo almost of like or like a trade-off so to is speak. there a wind up for killjoy mollies no right yes there is yeah. so he just pops there there is a one yeah there's, there's if you throw it, it has to land. It's, it's I mean, more if it's than that. There is a wind up when it's activated. I'm looking up okay. what it is. 
Um, it looks like it doesn't actually say. But yes, that was a big thing when Killjoy got released, that it was instant and people hated it. Um, for obvious reasons. Uh, oh, like... Yeah. It is theoretically possible, although you kind of have to be looking at the Molly anyway, and at that point, why not? Why haven't you already shot it? To see a Killjoy Molly being activated and shoot it before it does any damage. Um, okay. It, but, like, my, my whole point here is, like, make the Astros, like, concuss actually really good. And to see where that goes, like, which is kind of what they, I think they're trying to do anyway is to see how certain things work during the off-season of pro play. Like, make the concuss really fucking strong. And then let's go from there. Like, if it, if it's oppressive, you can tune it down later. But, like, get people into the mindset of using it in the first place, right? Like, that was the whole thing with Viper. Like, because I, I still stand by it. Like, Viper, minus her initial launch thing in which your own teammates got decayed, would still be a good agent. Just nobody was willing to use her because she had this like idea that it like it wasn't good. And I'm thinking with this ability, like if you just buff the living tits out of it to like people are like, holy fuck, this is insane. People would like figure out it. useful situations for yeah. it and then want to use it even if it were back at normal. And then, and then you back it off a little bit and then you find the right balance point. But like I think I I I don't think they buffed it enough to the point where it's really good. Like it takes too long to pop. It's very easy to get out of its range and if you have a suck you're just going to use that anyway i think that's still the case even with this this change Maybe. yeah yeah i personally i in general like what you're saying Cass, as a theory of you know in general trying to bring people's attention to agents in a way that they might not have seen by making abilities really good however in this particular case the thing about astra and what was so uh, annoying when she was meta is just that you have minimal counterplay to her abilities because you can't, you know, the stars can be placed from anywhere and then you have no idea what the star will be until it gets popped. So just being able to be concussed on demand, essentially, to take it to an extreme, would just be so incredibly annoying to play against that I do not want that to be in the game. Yeah, fair enough. And, like, I, I said this many, many fucking podcasts ago, but, like... I think I should just add a way to deal with Astra stars. Right, right, yeah. In whatever capacity it is, like, have some kind of counterplay to them. Like, if that's grabbing them like you would an Altorb. Yeah, and it takes star. just as long, yeah. And it takes yeah. just as long. Like, if that's what you need to do to get rid of it, and there's an audio cue that you're doing it. Now, given if there's an audio cue, Astra shouldn't be then just able to make use of that thing, like... They should just know that you're taking it, and they can't use it while you're taking it. But, like, they just, like, give it something in comparison to have some counterplay to it. But, yeah, whatever. You know, you're crushing the star in your hand, so when you do that, uh, you get both completely flashed and also take damage from the star exploding. Yeah. Oh, so I'm pretty sure that Lorically, Ash was the strongest agent in the game. Why is that? I'm not sure. Okay, I'm sure, but like, I, I think like lorically, Astra is like a literal god. Oh, I'd, I'd have to look into that. I have no idea. Yeah, like, like, don't don't quote me on that. But I'm pretty sure lorically, Astra is the strongest agent in the game. Hmm. Well, on to the last uh, Astra thing, which is more of a quality of life change. Cosmic Divide Ultimate Audio is now blocked completely by the wall rather than muffled. 
which means that in practice, I think that's fucking huge. That's a that's buff. Not a quality of life. Yeah, that's a massive buff. Well, the reason why I say it's quality of life is that, I guess it could be a buff and quality of life. It's just that, um, beforehand it could be, it was there was no visual indicator of how close you could be to the wall and be not heard at all versus heard because there there was a point at which no matter how close someone was to the other side of the wall, you weren't getting heard. And there was no way to know what that was besides just, you know, mm. trial and error. And it's also pretty difficult because unless you're like talk, chatting up to the other team on discord during the game, like you don't know what they heard and what they didn't hear. So that's why I looked at it as quality of life is because it's so difficult to dial that in, in terms of real figuring that out. But yeah, definitely a buff because now you can, you know, diffuse the spike and someone can't be on the other side of it and being like, oh yeah, they're diffusing. Now they and then, actually like, send some lineups in or something. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so interesting for to say the least. I think it's good just because it was a little awkward the way it worked before and Astra is not overly strong. So I'm okay with it. I'm okay yep. with it. No, I, I think that's a good change because like, I do think it's a little gimmicky if you're just right on the other side of the wall and you're like, yeah, no, they're on spike. Yeah. Uh, like, I, I heard it through the wall that's supposed to not allow me to hear things on the other side of the wall. So, like, yeah, I, I, I agree with the change. Yeah. So, now, moving on to the last agent here. Now, Riot uh, put... A lot of these changes were relatively boring and minor. So, Riot buried this agent at the bottom of all the others, hoping that everyone would get tired of reading the patch notes and not notice this one. Because, oh boy, is this causing some controversy. Um, Jet. Uh, we, the only time I've ever used a, uh, audio effect on this podcast is when I had the Scottish bagpipes playing for us talking about jet being killed with the dash change back in the day. And I'm going to have to bring them back now for this because this (laughs) jet was, uh, put into the ground. She updrafted out of the ground. So they said, we don't like that. (laughs) We're going to take away an updraft. Uh, that's getting ahead of ourselves a little bit. Um, so uh just go through all of them yeah we'll go go yeah i was gonna do that since Cass is well it wants me to so tailwind e ability uh dash window decreased 12 seconds to 7.5 seconds this is uh when you are the time you have after popping your dash to actually dash and the activation wind up increased 0.75 seconds to one second this means the amount of time you can dash after pressing the dash button cloud burst smoke uh, duration decreased uh, 4.5 seconds to 2.5 seconds, almost having it. And time to re-equip gun takes slightly longer after using the ability. Updraft. Charges decreased 2 to 1. And then Bladestorm, uh, ultimate. Uh, ultimate points increased uh, 7 to 8. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, yeah they really hoped back, people would not read yeah. this. Bring bring back the bagpipe noises. But oh, also, yes, like, yes. Uh, you know, I, like, I'm still going to play Jet after this one. Like, it's it's not as, holy fuck, they're killing her. Um, but Jesus Christ, it's brutal. Like, the, the one that pisses me off the most is the updraft. I think that that's the most controversial. I think, yeah, like, there's like, a lot of debate in the Discord and between... I mean, pretty much everybody on, you know, whether they like love to see Jet fail or, you know, they were a Jet yeah. man and they're like, I'm like crying because of this, this change. But I think 
almost universally the updraft is like a what the fuck yeah like the like okay there there was one particular instance in a tdm which like i i I dropped and this was after the patch notes got released prior to them kicking in um there was a like i dropped a jet smoke on the ground and phoenix and i were both just waiting for the jet smoke to fade to take this duel like we both know, we both knew that we were just right on the other side of the smoke, and we're taking this fucking duel, and this goes down. Um, and it lasted for quite a while. The jet smokes last a long time. Now, this yeah. is something that, like, after the patch notes came out, I went and I watched a pro game uh, just because it was on, and I was like, "Holy shit, the jet smoke is busted!" Like, just watching people smoke off an angle and it lasting for long enough for them to easily get out. And they can do that twice in a round because they have well, two like, of them. Yeah, but that, that's the point of the ability. I'm like, I, I think 2.5 seconds is enough to do that. Like that particular. But it it just lasts for a while. Yeah, like, it does. It's too much of a get out of jail free card as a smoke. You no, know, no, like, like, okay, try playing Jet and TDM and you'll think differently. Is the one thing I will say. Because you can't use it. Like you have to use it proactively in that regard. Like yeah, but TDM is not the game. Sure, like, but I'm saying, like, if I try to throw a jet smoke to get out of an engagement, and you see where I am, and I'm throwing that smoke, you're spraying me down. Like, I, I, I'm dead. Like, that smoke doesn't come out fast enough for me to get out of that. Like, I, I die 90% of the time if you see me prior to me popping that smoke. No, how many times are you, like, do you push up to a cheeky op angle? Um, You, you like, whiff that shot and you hear, like, four of them rushing you down, so you smoke off that angle, and you're able to get out. You're able to back up to sight, something that takes, like, a few seconds to do. That happens a lot. Basically, the jet smoke allows you to... They're not, like, immediately in viewing distance of you, but if Mm -hmm. the smoke wasn't there, they would be able to shoot you, because you have to back out. Like, look, I, I, I see where you're coming from, but the I, I don't think it's going to be that significant in that regard. The the manner in which I see it being very significant, and I'm sure I'm going to fucking rage about, is the amount of time that I can smoke and dash in and be on site and my team is not on site with me. Has been effectively halved. Right. Yeah, you have to use your second smoke and then it's just half, yeah. And then, like, boy, it's like, uh, I'm... If my team is not literally exacting with me on the site, I'm going to have to use my second smoke. And when I use my second smoke, it's just going to last that much less. Or, like, for a shorter period of time. In which, like, like the, the number of times that, like, you're going to see in ranked games, and from your perspective, it's probably going to be me. But, like, just in general, Jets molding that they were, like, they're like, where the fuck are you guys? So, like, you left, you hung me out to dry. Uh, is going to be quite significant when this change comes through. Like, maybe just I just have, I think it's more of a nerf to the ret- retreat ability. Still, I really don't think it it is. I think it's a huge nerf to retreat ability because you can push up not as far. Because the distance that you can cover to retreat in four and a half seconds is a lot further than you can retreat in two and a half seconds. But like the only area in which I can see this being very valuable is I've pushed no, not even, because four and a half seconds is enough time to get all the way back from there. 
No, you okay? You you push up on Pearl. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. A main. A main. Sure. Yeah. I get out of there with those two and a half seconds. Maybe if you if you're using your dash. No, no, I just get out of that. Like it I don't how think close, so. It depends how close of an angle I'm trying to off at. Like if I'm I, I think you have to burn angle, a second smoke to do that. Yeah, okay, but also, let's be honest, every fucking jet in the world burns two smokes getting out of there anyway because they're panicking. Me included. Oh, great, now you have to. And not only are you panicking and having to throw both, but like, you know, you panic, you throw both immediately. This one, you have to wait the two seconds, then turn around and re-smoke that because it needs to last that fucking four and a half seconds or whatever, the five seconds. Like, no, I, I think like you're... Like, no, it's enough time to get out of A, man. Pearl B long, if I'm pushed up to pillar, it's probably enough time for me to get back to site. I think it's just going to force oh, you to use to your dash it. to retreat in more situations, which is kind of the point. Yeah, but also you're probably using your dash to retreat in that scenario anyway. It's like, but yeah, if like you don't have the dash. But it's taking, it's yeah, taking yeah, yeah. away the opportunity of retreating without the dash. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Like, I, I understand what you're saying. I just don't think it'll be relevant so much in the backing out. And it'll be way more relevant in terms of the getting in. Now, obviously, we're going to have to see how that plays out. But, like, I, I don't think it'll be super relevant in terms of the backing out of angles. It's funny that you guys were discussing this because a part of the patch notes that I'm looking at here is it just says we want the description of this changes. We want to reduce some of the persistent safety jet gets dashing into or escaping with smokes. So they literally just listed both options and they didn't Those you know, two say options, one yeah. is yeah. better than the other. Um, and personally, I, I, my gut is telling me that it will have the biggest impact on smoking and dashing into sight. Uh, but I, I could see it either way. So I'm not really going to firmly take a side on this one. Um, I know though. Like, uh, I actually, one yeah. scenario, in which I'm seeing it being actually more relevant is like ascent a, like smoking off that angle. Depending on where I want to go from there, like if I'm trying to make it to dice, trying to make it to gen versus tree. Mm -hmm. um, like, a, if you try to rush that down, like you might be able to get through that choke before, like as the first smoke fades. And I might not be able to get to dice. I can probably get to tree. Might not. I might be able to make it to gen. I probably can't get behind dice. Mm. Um. But then if I'm going to dice, I can probably use my second smoke to cover that off, too. It's like a very sim fairly simple retreat that I don't have to be... Yeah, it's just timing, and it, and it makes it you use both yeah, smokes in the case yeah. where you could have only used one before. Right, you're right. It does do that. Um, and then the reason why I think they nerfed the updraft is because the pro that I think made the best use out of this is Aspis. Um, but... Um, if you're in certain archways, you can use your up or updraft as if it were a pre-nerf jet dash to not be traded when you miss off shots based on where you're upping from. Because you updraft over the archway to the point where you can't be seen. Yes. Yeah. Or you just like just like you have some you can still move your character side to side. While you're updrafting. So it's like, well, I'm updrafting, so you're not instantly one-tapping me, presumably. And then I'm still strafing to the side, so now I'm out of this angle. 
Right. Um, which, like, yeah, was very effective. I don't see a ton of people in ranked doing this. Um, Aspis was just really fucking good at this one specific interaction. Um, or at least he's the pro that I saw make use of it the most. Yeah. But yeah, it's just like, the getting rid of the one updraft is like, oh, what the fuck? Like, that's that's just annoying. Number one, you've killed all jet double updraft locations. Yeah. yeah, and the knife double updraft bots are like yeah. an integral part of the game, right? right? Like, as soon as you hear that jet pop knives on the other team, your crosshair goes to the known double updraft spots. If you're in yeah. pit range for them, yeah. Yeah, if right. you're in range for them. Like, I'm talking, like, on Fracture, on Haven. Yeah. Um, like, a couple of, like, very well-known ones where I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, this is where the jet's going to be. And, you know, sometimes they're not there. But yeah. Yeah, that that is definitely where my crosshair goes. And the fact that, like, that's just out of the game entirely is crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, like, the... Yeah, and even if it's not, like, the, you know, immediate off-rip updraft knife peak, just in general, uh, being able to fly for a long time with knives, whether that's, you know, popping both to be really high in the air or that's popping one and then the other before you hit the ground or just doing it two different times during the round. Just jets with knives in the air is just one of the coolest things in Valorant. And having that happen half as often, assuming they're not jumping off of something, is... It sucks. Yeah. This, the rest of the changes I, I can get behind. That one I, I don't understand. Well, I also actually take issue with the old point increase because I was thinking about this a lot since I saw it. And Jet's Bladestorm is, is in a very interesting position versus um, they list comparing it in the patch notes to the Tour de Force Chamber op and the Showstopper uh, Ray's old. And they said that basically it should be on the level of those because it provides a similar power level. And that's where I disagree. Because the Tour de Force and the Showstopper both do something, you know, best in class. Which is the Showstopper does, like, area damage better than anything else in the game in terms of something that you just yeet. Uh, well, it's unique. It's unique. Um, then the Tour de Force is just, you know, the best op in the game. And you get, an, you know, the most expensive weapon in the game, a slightly souped up version for free with your with your ult. Whereas the Jet ult is good specifically... If you are, you know, in the air or or moving while using it, but it still has a requires a lot of skill, and there are plenty of times when you would prefer to have an op or a vandal or a phantom over having jet knives, and as such, in pro games, you most often see the jet knives come out in eco rounds. They also do come out, obviously, as a backup if someone has an op, and now they're no longer in an ideal op spot, uh, at which point they're, of course, very strong. But um, I would say that probably a majority of the rounds that a Jet pops knives, their team loses that round because it's an eco round, and, you know, it helps a bit to have the knives. But in a lot of duels, you'd prefer to have a Phantom or a Vandal. And when you do see a a Jet going off with, like, you know, updrafting and getting knife kills, it's a reflection of their skill because there's no, you know, you have to actually hit the head with one of the five knives and it's just a very impressive thing. So I really disagree with this being the same uh, ult points as Tour de Force and Showstopper. I feel like it's maybe more comparable to uh, to the Neon ult. Yeah, yeah. I, I would agree with that. I'd say like, it's slightly better than Neon Alt. 
Yeah, I would also agree with that. I think it is a little yeah. better than Neon Alt in terms of like, well, I, I think with Neon Alt, you're potentially more likely to at middling levels of play, not upper echelons of Elo. Yeah. If there is a duel that is taking place and you have a Neon Alt, Neon Alt can be pretty impressive. They just fucking run out into the angle, moving really fucking fast. I can't shoot them. I can't track targets for shit. Uh, I get two laser beamy things on my head. Uh, I'm dead. Yeah. Those laser beamy things are really quick. I just get melted. Um, yeah. But, like, I don't know. Like, the, the number of times, like, uh, the only downside to that is, like, well, Neon Alt is on a timer. Jet yeah, that, that's really timer. what it is. Yeah, yeah, Jet doesn't have a time, so it's if much Neon more versatile. Yeah, if Neon Alt didn't have a time, I'd argue that Neon Alt might be better. Yeah, I'm with you on the timer. Um, now with the with the jet ult, the number of times I fucking go into an eco round and just insta whiff all five knives, and now I've just got like a fucking classic. Like it happens a lot. Yeah, and that's a fair amount. It happens a fair amount in pro games too. Yeah, like a yeah, it's a really high skill ceiling. Or a high school floor ability to use, and yeah, the ceiling and the floor are high. Yeah, yeah, yeah like right. it is not at the same level as chamber alt. Yeah, because like, like chamber alt might not have as high of a ceiling. Yeah, just because you can't be as proactive with it. But holy fuck, is the skill floor just that much higher? I'd rather have a chamber alt most of the time compared to a jet alt. Yeah, and uh, and going along those lines, I'm glad that Hujin has been making this point, and in general, I feel like there's been more acceptance in the Valorant community over the past couple months, that, like, a lot of people for a long time have been, like, scared of opping and viewing it as this, like, super high skill floor thing. It's really not. Once you get used to opping, like, the skill floor of using an op is relatively low, because you, as long as you're used to scoping on the chest, take the shot, and then make evasive maneuvers, like... You know, you have a big advantage in taking that initial fight. And then obviously there's the skill ceiling is a good bit higher than that because there's all kinds of different things you can do to, you know, hit more difficult shots and stay alive better. But like the tour de force gives you an unfair advantage in a way, uh, not unfair as in shouldn't be in the game, but like versing, you know, a full buy tour de force gives you on the right sight line, you know, the best weapon in the game for that. And then the showstopper you know, you often don't see showstoppers, you know, popped on eco rounds and not really having much value. You sh you see showstoppers opening up the beginning of a buy round or closing out a round. They have insane multi-kill potential, just the sheer threat level. Like Cass was, ta I was talking to Cass off podcast about how like, you know, when you die to a raise nade, like in many cases, you know, you shouldn't have been playing in that position when you know there's a raise around. Similarly with a showstopper, when a showstopper is popped, even if it goes off for no damage, while it was being held by the Rays, how it affects how you play the game is pretty significant. It just I, mean, I think that's a really weird knives. comparison for Riot to make, the uh, yeah. Jet Knives to Showstopper. Like, Tour de Force makes a lot more sense to compare it to that because they're mm -hmm. both, you know, used on eco rounds a lot and it gives you a weapon for that round. Um, but that is just not how Rays old is used. So it, yeah. it, it doesn't make a lot of sense to compare it to that. Um, but I think it's kind of fair to compare it to the 
um, to the Tour de Force, which I think is, you know, I kind of agree with what Cass was saying. It's, it's not quite the Tour de Force, and same with you, Hunter. Um, but, like, it, it's generally similar. So I can see what they're saying. Um, and it's not, like, the like the problem with the changes that I have, like, or the the biggest problem with them. But I could also see it just staying the same as well because it's not as good. Yeah, I mean, they're just, like, they're they're just upping alts, like, kind of across the board. Like, yeah. I don't think Riot has ever decreased the number of alt points it takes to get an alt in any circumstance. Yeah, I can't think of one. I was, I was racking I can't think of one bit. either. And if they were going to do it, they should probably do it to Omen. But, like, uh, they're just upping alt points across the board, which I talked about at the beginning of the podcast, how I don't like that. Um, Omen should be six cost. Is it seven? Be, I don't know. What it I'm is. pretty it's sure it's seven. seven. Yeah, because I. Yeah. yeah. Um, this now that we're actually done the patch notes, I wanted to get to a point that I was saving. It's been locked and loaded in the chamber, so to speak, um, since the beginning. Which is that I really feel that this patch is the anti-fun patch. That it's a lot of trying to shift the meta around the way Riot thinks is best, which at times we agreed with, and times we didn't as we went through this. Um, but all of it just takes away, or a lot of it just takes away from doing fun stuff throughout the game. Less ultimates, alts are really fun to use, and also very interesting to play against. And then the most fun character in the game being taken down so much, it it just sucks. Like, I don't think that the improvement in balance is worth the casual play being less interesting and watching pro games being less interesting because you don't get to see as many jets doing neat things. Mm -hmm. And also as Alex put this, when I was talking to him about the patch changes, both teams can play jet. Right. (laughs) It's not like league in which like one team gets to pick an agent and then the other team can't have that agent. And therefore I guess in league they're called champions, but like either way, it's not like one team gets to play this character. Both teams can play them. Like, is it really that big of an issue if, like, some characters are stronger than others? Like, if it's to a point in which, like, they exclusively see play all the fucking time, then maybe... Yeah, like, chamber meta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, then, like, maybe. But also, like... And I I don't think chamber was as fun as Jet. Even back when I made him. Yeah, I I agree. Like, granted, sure. But Jet is just fucking fun. And I know that Chase hasn't experienced that. And you <laughs> I, may well, never... Chase is a, may I, never just don't, I just don't experience that. fun, so... You know. <laughs> <laughs> but, like... It's... You're, you're taking... Like, from, from the way that I see it, is you're taking an agent who you could argue was the best duelist in the game. And you're just knocking down the thing... Like, the smoke change? Fine. Whatever. Uh, like, it, could you argue that that's for balance? Absolutely. Do I have a huge problem with it? Also, no, not really. I'm gonna mold a couple times post-change, but, like, that that's what it is. The, the updraft change is the one that I have the biggest issue with. Like, just getting to different locations that other agents can't is fun. Using jet yeah. knives is fun, even though I fucking suck at it. Feels great when I get a 3k with them. Because I'm like, holy fuck, I clicked some heads. That was, that was awesome. Uh, like they, I, and yeah, as Hunter was saying, I, I, they're taking away from a lot of the fun aspects of the game, and both teams can play those agents. 
It's not like there's one agent who's just like way above any other agent and only one team gets to pick them. So it's such an unfair advantage to whatever team gets that agent. Like if there's a certain agent that's busted, both teams can abuse whatever that busted aspect is. Yeah. And also, to... yeah, sorry, go ahead. Uh, also with the current meta, at least from a pro play perspective, Raze is just going to be fucking god tier now, and I think Raze is a fucking boring ass agent to watch. Yeah, I, I think certainly more boring than Jet. And uh, I was I was even thinking of I had two thoughts on this. One is that uh, before obviously any of these patch notes have taken effect, what we just saw at Champs is a big part of Evil Genius's strength. Like we were talking about, is the fact that their star player Demon One they were able to run maps where they didn't have a Jet. And they had Jogamo playing a great raise, and they had Demon One playing a support character. And like they proved that in the current meta, you don't need to have a star playing jet every, you know, every map for you to do well. Which, you know, if that was the case, then I could see a lot more like, oh well, you know, Jet is dominating the game the way Chamber was. Um and then to bring, you know, things back around to it, um, if we think about not even taking Raze out of the equation, if we think about, you know, the secondary duelist role, if we just accept that Raze is number one, like, if you removed Jet from the game entirely, and as a result, you either saw, you know, less double duelist or more, you know, Phoenix and Reyna instead, they're just less interesting characters to watch. Like, I would rather see more Jets in pro play and then in games as well than Phoenix and Reyna, even though, you know, it'd be nice for variety. Um, yeah, I just, I just had a hard time with this. I just, uh, when, when is, when is the next Duelist coming out? Because like this patch is releasing with the map. Or the map. So it's I assume the next, next, it's next yeah. act, which is actually well, coming like, really fast. Maybe not next act. No, no. Ne- next episode. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. That's what is, is this act three episode. is the current episode. No, this would be act two coming up. Oh, okay. Well, it, it could be act three. It's certainly possible. I mean, you know, um, but like, it's just like, if they're going to introduce new duelist who has some movement mechanic that would be a pseudo competitor to Jet in a certain way, then I can see them nerfing Jet preemptively for this. But the way that I see it, like, Raze was literally untouched here. Which and is surprising, saw, given how good she was yeah. at the champ at champions. Saw a lot of fucking play of champions, and maybe they just didn't anticipate Raze being played as much, and they oh, didn't they have did. anything. They in have the works. to have, but like, it, it's just Raze got a ton of fucking play, which seemed to be really fucking good, and yeah, like not nothing's like Raze was literally untouched. Like I think from a pro play perspective, following these changes without taking the op into consideration, raises this the better duelist. Yeah. Now, oh, when I you take the op into consideration, like, perhaps there's an argument of, oh, now do we just run chamber instead of a jet and then play a raise on this map? Like, maybe there's something to be said there, but then what, what are you going to run double sentinel? Uh, like, what, what do you give up? It would then be the question, because chambers does not rate on attack, and chamber can't exec onto site. Um... So yeah, I don't know. But like again, I, I do think that like you're taking away the most exciting agent, or you're nerfing the shit out of the most exciting agent to watch, and in my opinion, the most fun agent to play. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with the anti-fun patch. 
It, mm-hmm. It's just, you know, it as much as I, like, enjoy balance in the game and I want to see, uh, like, variety in the games that I play, like, I really hated watching Ascent Pro games because every fucking comp is the same unless PRX is playing. Right. Um, but, like, you know, it's, it's just fun to watch Jets and it's fun to fucking see pop-off Jet moments, like... Even I can admit that as somebody who doesn't play Jet and right. never really wants to play Jet. So, I don't know. Removing that is dumb. And as much as I also agree that, like, you can have fucking sick raise moments, um, as Cass seems to, like, completely shut out of his mind for some reason. Right, right. But, um, like, Jet's fun. So, you know, why, why, why keep trying to, you know bring her lower and lower so that she's played as much as you know yoru yeah yeah like that's that's tying back into what i was saying about killjoy that like at this point in the game um there just are certain agents that do things better than the other ones in their class and that's specifically killjoy in sentinels and jet in duelists and you can fight that but if you do you very much run the risk of just you know ruining characters who are really cool uh and then you know just having worse agents in the game uh, and I'm not saying this is ruining uh, Jet necessarily, and Killjoy is definitely not ruined by the old point change. But like, that's the direction that they're heading in. Um, yeah, I know it. It was kind of funny in that I was talking to one of the one of my coworkers at work who had played Valorant in the past and kind of stopped playing. Um, but I was I was reading through like some Reddit threads and stuff like that um, while Champions was going on. And he saw that uh, Jet and Viper, or sorry, no, Viper and um, Killjoy were super meta. He was like, what the fuck changed? Like, <laughs> holy shit, those are the agents I played. <laughs> like, he's like, maybe I gotta pick Valorant back up. <laughs> well, to be fair, I, I don't think he was ever very good at Valorant then, because Killjoy has been good, like, well, yeah, maybe, yeah, sure. maybe he started after the first round of nerfs, because at that point she felt a little weak when people were getting mm. used to that. But yeah, she's never yeah, really he's... been bad. Right, right. But, like, he was just, like... Because uh, I, I think I had the agent, like, win rates. Or, <laughs> that's like, that's yeah, funny. Win rates up, and he's yeah. just like, what the fuck? Like, I used to get flamed for playing Viper. <laughs> that's true. That's true. They, yeah. Getting flamed for playing Viper used to be a definite thing. Um, But, yeah, no, I, I, I agree with the sentiment in general. Like, I think they are just trying to promote more gunplay. Like, yeah. they're trying to make it more about it doesn't really matter what agent you're playing. Like, obviously, it kind of still does, but, like, they're they're trying to gear it a bit more towards just, you know, you see someone, you click on their head. We've always said it's not CSGO, though. So, yeah. you know, yeah. you, you have abilities, fucking use them. Right. Like, for the longest time, people kept quoting the, in Project A, you don't kill with abilities. The game changed since they, you know, since they made that statement. Like, you know, that was their vision at one point, and it changed, and it's a good thing it did. Like, yeah, most of your kills are with guns, but abilities face, you know, pose a very real threat to killing you one way or the other, directly or indirectly, and they should. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what makes Valorant cool. Yeah. So it sounds like, overall, we all disapprove of the direction Riot is going with these patch notes. Yeah, yeah. So when um, we all get hired at Riot, then, uh, then we can really turn this ship <laughs> yeah, around. Yeah. R- real quick. It, yes, sorry, go ahead. When I get hired at Riot, like, April Fool's Day every single time is literally just going to be the best version of each character. 
Yeah. I thought you were going to say you're going to get the buddy and then quit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was honestly it's thinking like, that they should just roll the game back to for April Fool's Day to the launch patch of the game because, like, I'm sure they have that like EXE sitting around somewhere. Like, that'd just be so fun. Just play yeah, like, I, like everything is just in its most broken state. Yeah, that that's like, a my main doesn't exist. Like Where where's my main? Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, that's the problem with this rolling it back. Is like if you roll it yeah. back, like. Like, people who, like, you know, like, they, they joined when, like, Astra came out or whatever, and they made an Astra, and Astra wasn't there well, at it's once. It's for April like, Fools, I'm not saying Yeah, yeah sure, like, whatever, yeah. like, I wouldn't have a big problem with that, but also, no, like, Viper was kind of dog shit back then, like, her alt decayed your team, like, I, yeah. like, I, I just think it'd be more fun for everybody if you just put every agent in its most broken state that it ever existed in. Yeah, I would like to see that as well. Like, like Breach I, I, gets yeah. three fucking flashes. Yeah, I'm blind the entire match. Yeah, <laughs> that that could be fun. Like I, I just think it'd be fun. I I wanna, I wanna, cause when did they nerf? Like I can't remember if I yeah. was a true jet main before they nerfed jet knives for the first time. Yeah, cause you played some Phoenix and Reyna initially. Yeah. Yeah. I I will say uh, if they if they do that if they put all the agents to their most broken form. At the same time, they should also put all the guns to their most broken. Oh, no, no. I was thinking guns uh, as well. Yes. Yeah, Cass can get enjoy the frenzy. best operator. I can enjoy oh, yeah. good old-fashioned 18 bullets per second stinger. Oh, man. We'd be eating good. All of us would for different reasons. Also, the Ares would be disgusting. Yeah, the yeah. Ares oh, would be right. disgusting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, the shorty. Holy fuck, dude. Pre-nerf shorty. I never got to play with that thing. Wait, what? Like before the first shorty nerf, when it had range oh, of like Bucky. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. No, it that had was literally Bucky range as a secondary. The Bucky would be really good too because you could actually yeah, write Bucky would be really good that way across the map. Yeah, yeah. Judge as yeah, well. Yeah, I want to. Yeah, like I want. Yeah. I want to play the best version. You're like everything in this most busted form. Yeah, the Marshall would literally be the same as it is now because it's only mid buck. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, Phoenix would be the same as he is now. So would Yoru. Yeah, some stuff wouldn't change at all. Um, real quick, as we're sort of winding down, I did want to ask, have either of you guys seen anything about the new map, Sunset? Yeah. Uh, I've only seen the the trailer that they released, like the yeah. um, like the video. So it, it looks cool. Um, but, you know, it's it's hard to tell what the actual map is at all from that. So... Uh, obviously, you've seen a little bit more, as you mentioned earlier in the podcast, but I think we should probably leave it till next week to, you know, talk about anything specific with it since... Yeah, oh yeah, I agree. Yeah, um, more info is going to come out, obviously. Yeah, I, I haven't seen any gameplay. I've seen the mini-map. Yeah, I, I having seen gameplay, the one thing I'll say that's very general is I, uh, I have some inside information. I'm not going to say from who, but I have some inside information on how this map was created. So the Riot map devs uh, were sick and tired of releasing a new map with really unique and creative ideas that everyone just hated because it was, you know, new and different and, you know, just dodged all the time at first. And they were like, you know what? We're going to give the people what they really want. So they just set up chat GPT and they fed in, you know, the most boring existing Valorant maps, like the launch maps, or they're not necessarily boring, but, you know, the most basic Valorant maps. And then they just had chat GPT come up with a map. And that is Sunset. The map is unbelievably dull and boring. I really don't like it. That's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. 
It's I, like every room is just here's some corridors and here's a box in the middle. It is really, really bland compared to all of the other maps, especially the ones in Yeah, uh, just like the Sunset Strip, right? I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's all I have to say about it for now. We can get into specifics next episode. What were you gonna say, Cass? Um, I was gonna say like I, like obviously I haven't seen any gameplay on the map, but I kind of like I kind of like conceptually what the map is, um, from the mini map that I've seen of it. I just think that like it puts a, a like and again as Chase said we should probably hold off too much on this, but like I think it holds. Or, like, it puts a massive emphasis on mid-control. Which a lot of other maps don't, but mid-control is really important. I think this one puts the emphasis on the mid. Yeah, yeah sure. I, I uh, which I, I think is slightly flipping the script. In terms of the way in which, like, ranked might be played. When you look at Ascent, people like to run it down A and B main. Yeah, it's almost like a three-site map with no site in the middle. Yeah. In terms of... Um, which, like, I, I, I think the map's going to be really interesting. I'm excited to play it. Um, but I haven't seen gameplay of it. I don't really know where anything is laid out. I've literally just seen the mini-map and the trailer. Yeah. Well, hopefully we'll know more by next week. Um, I'll be able to at least see the mini-map. So I have some semblance of an idea what <laughs> yeah. you're talking about. Well, this has been a long pod and it's late, so I'm down to wrap it up here unless you guys got anything else. No, I'm definitely down to wrap it up. And with that, we'll drink with you later. <laughs>